0: very special episode today, a little bonus content. It's uh, Observer Hall of Fame season. I'm uh, very uh, happy and proud to introduce uh, Rich and James, One Nation Radio here to join me for this Hall of Fame episode. I'm super glad you guys are doing this with me, especially on such short notice. It was just kind of a spur of the moment thing. Uh, welcome.
1: I appreciate being here, man. Uh, we, you know, As long as me and James have been friends, like spur of the moment, it, it, that's kind of our thing. You know, just like, you know, just when it comes to like everyday life, like, hey, what are you trying to do? Oh, you free right now? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it right now. So <laughs> uh, works for us. Glad to be here, man. Yeah. Then, uh,
0: um, anyways, go on. Fun times. Let's, let's go. Okay, so <clears throat> I've had a ballot for a number of years now. i very fortunate to uh, be involved in such a thing. I've expanded my knowledge, uh, especially in terms of women's wrestling. That is where my expertise lies. And obviously, all of us uh, can't be experts on everything. Uh, Over the last, I'd say, at least three years, I've really delved into uh, the Mexico region. And I very am fascinated with Lucha Libre. And that's a that's a big historical gap that I have been trying to fill along with just my general knowledge of of history. Uh, Where do you guys stand and introduce yourselves on like your historical knowledge uh, for being a part of this?
2: Uh oh, he's muted. <laughs> I'm muted. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, my historical knowledge is gonna be mostly like just North America, North America, like going back to basically about the 70s uh, to now. That's, that's basically what I have mm-hmm. for you. And I have uh, so that that's kind of what my my wheelhouse is for any historical stuff. Like I can't give you anything on 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 Japanese history outside of like the people that I know or like the people that should be observer hall of famers that kind of thing um so th- so that's that's kind of got, I kind of made a reference to this when i was talking about uh like the mesco the mexican bracket it's just like for me it's like it's kind of like if i know them they're they're an observer hall of famer that's kind of like i was like what you mean we Plant throwing in like that's kind of that's kind of where i am on that like if i know if i know like i know enough that we're like if that person if i if it's if it's something i recognize whatever else that person has done the work to be in if not that doesn't mean they're not but if i do they're damn sure should be in because my because my level of of not knowing something kind of and yourself uh,
1: rich for, for yeah for me it would probably be uh, north america as well probably from the 80s oh. uh forward um i like your territory stuff uh, WWF, WCW, and even to the modern day uh, with a modern WWE, uh, AEW even. Uh, also, you know, I, I'm dipping my toe in Japan as well, um, looking at, you know, different guys and uh, seeing who I think, really made those, those impacts. Like I did a lot of reading on, you know, the formation of Noah and, you know, I've done my all Japan nineties ups, And most of those guys are in, you know, that right. like, I, th- I think Junaki, i went in, he was like the last kind of holdout. Um, the Holy demon army had went in. I'm like, all right, I think we can focus on like the modern day guys. And I've got a lot, um, you know, on that. Like I've always had a fond, uh, appreciation for Tomohiro Ishii. And, um, you know, I'd like to see you know what what the what the Joshi looks like, uh, and I'm sure JD will guide us um, on that one.
0: Yeah, and one thing I think is going to be interesting at least, uh, kind of starting. It started last year uh, when guys like Naito, Ibushi, uh, Mystico, all all those kinds of guys went in. Now, when we yep. see on this year's ballot, we're seeing. People like Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Becky Lynch make the ballots. I know a couple of them yeah. have been on here before, but now we're getting into an area and and a, a time period where maybe we're watching the prime of their careers. They do reach kind of the age minimum, experience minimum to be in or at least on the ballot. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a good, I think, starting point for a lot of people to at least start research and living in the time, because a lot of uh, what you guys went through with the 80s, 90s, and myself included, uh, we're now at that point where we have that base knowledge, and now we're living in a period where we are now older, we're not kids anymore, (laughs) and we're looking at wrestling from a different mindset. Uh, It's kind of like watching the NBA or NHL or whatever sport, where as kids, it's like, oh yeah, Dikembe Mutombo, is he the greatest center of all time. Well, maybe when I was five, I might have thought thought so, just him wagging the <laughs> no. finger. But now that you're older, like, oh, hold on, <laughs> he's a great let's player. But this. yeah, let's talk about this, right? You're not you're not so sure anymore. And like, just as myself as a kid, you know, I thought Goldberg was the was the greatest thing ever. Right? He's the biggest star in wrestling uh, for a period mm-hmm. of time, arguably, uh, although constantly compared to someone else in another company. But as a kid, yeah. I'm like, this guy's awesome. But now as an adult, I'm like, okay, hold on. What did he really do? What impacted it? Or was he just closer to Ultimate Warrior than he was Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of deal? One guy I think is a Hall of Famer, the other I don't. <laughs> that kind of situation.
2: I, I mean, I think most of us feel the same way. Right,
0: yeah. And then there's a lot of... I. Th- this came up quite a few times when I was going over the ballot and doing some some more research over uh, a lot of candidates I wasn't quite familiar with. Is there's a lot of morality I think on this ballot. A couple names came to mind. Uh, one of them was CM Punk. I think that's going to be an interesting discussion because I voted for him last year. I really did, and now I mm-hmm. and I really had to mull over you know what it actually means and am I still going to vote for him? Well, more on that later.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: I want to be interested. To, I want to be
2: interested to hear this because me and Rich talked about that um, re- recently over like the last month or so on Oneisha Radio about about Punk's candidacy and like whether or not for me it's never changed. Like uh, since the AEW run for me, it was you know I vote I vote for him because of how well his television worked <laughs> out for him, and then um, Rich was like after the fight and then to come back and to blow it up a second time. He's like. He changed his mind from year to year, and it was interesting discussion, so I'm interested to see what you have to say.
0: Yeah, and then there's a uh, a team like the Briscoes, where I'm really thinking in a different uh, light, so to say, over what I think of this team and, and their kind of staying power, among other uh, among other topics. So that's what's, that's what's interesting to me with this ballot in particular, uh, when it comes to uh, things like morality. I, I haven't really had to deal with that before. So let's uh, let's not waste any time Uh, we have. There's there's now a stipulation this year where like historical wrestlers, you have a max of eight votes, non wrestlers, max of six U.S. Canada, max five, Mexico, max three, Japan, max three, rest of the world, max four. This is definitely new. I think it's it's there to kind of clean up the ballots, so to say, Uh, because if you look at look, uh, apologies, Uh probably cut out for a second. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. If you look at something like the MLB ballot, uh, it's not 300 names on a list. You know, you only get a handful of names and you can deeply research each and every individual to realize someone like an Edgar Martinez could maybe get in. (laughs) So I want to start with (laughs)
2: Edgar Martinez. He would be able to get in if it weren't for that pesky thing where they're still acting like, oh, my God, the DH. Like, can we let this (laughs) revolutionary thing that's been around for like you know, for decades, be a thing now. It's like, come on, man, grow up.
0: Right. Uh, so as I took a nice little sip of my ghost tequila here, a little spicy action, my beautiful Jack Daniels glass. Hope you guys enjoy that.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So I've never I've never been on here while you've been recording. Where's the cat? Is the cat going to oh attack
0: you at random? Uh, So usually when I start recording and the voice goes off, he's down here and he's and he's usually uh, right here or he's climbing up, climbing up this like carpet pole thing I got here. Okay. And then uh, I am staring at a big TV and a shelf where my like PS five and my video games are. Okay. But generally
2: I just want to be aware of like, you know, be kind of have an idea of like when the when the strike is <laughs> gonna occur. That's all.
0: Yeah, you might see him eventually. It wouldn't shock me. But uh, okay. he was he was all playing right. around earlier, so he might be a little tired.
2: <laughs> all right then.
0: <laughs> okay. So I'd like to begin with the historical uh, wrestlers category. And I am voting for five people this year and my as I was going through this and and um, thinking of my votes and how I'm going to go about it. I thought for some reason, as I went through each category, I find my I found myself really not adhering to the max and I was more or less limiting myself to really choose the best of the best for the Hall of Fame, which I hadn't done in previous years. So I don't know why the change. I think it was just a lot of things going through my mind when I was going through the ballot over each category having a certain amount and a lot of the just questions surrounding a lot of wrestlers uh, over just saying, okay, I can vote for five people. I have to pick five people. If I don't think five, five people should get in, then why do I have to adhere to that, right? Right. So the... People I uh, came up with are uh, June I'm Byers. I'm sorry, I had, I had
2: myself on mute. My, my reply was because you're a snob, JD.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, been told that. My, my opinion is uh, absolutely <laughs> worthless. It is the worst in uh, the Joshi sphere, I've been told. <laughs> a lot of haters. So I'm voting for June Byers, Raka Perez, Johnny Rougeau, Tiger Jeet Singh, and Sergeant Slaughter, which has been a debate uh, among me and um, a no- number of different people over the years. The other people in the category include, and this list is long, so bear with me. Huh. Ole Anderson, Bob Armstrong, Tully Blanchard, Arne Anderson, J.J. Dillon, The Trio, Jack and Jerry Briscoe, British Bulldogs, Wild Bull Curry, Cowboy Bob Ellis, Pompeo Furpo, Black Gordman and Great Goliath, Archie Goldie, The Heart Foundation, Sputnik Monroe, Dusty Rhodes and Murdoch, uh, Iron Sheik. Ricky Steamboat and Youngblood, Mad Dog and Butcher Vashon, which that team in particular I've noticed has a lot of uh, pull behind them, so don't be surprised if they get in. Von Brauners and Saul Weingroff, uh, Vine- and then the uh, the Von Eric trio. Uh, those that's your list, uh, guys. Thoughts? Who stands out to you uh, among this list?
1: Uh, I'll definitely, um, would consider voting for, uh, my, with my imaginary ballot, I would definitely look at, um, the Von Ericks, uh, Sergeant Slaughter and Rockin Perez, Rockin Perez, uh, just for the last couple of years, I kept hearing them They're as much of a no brainer as possible. Um, uh, literally if you built Madison square garden, like on your, on that team's back, I think you're a wrestling observer hall of famer. Um, especially like in the days before, uh, like single acts were, were really going like, it was really like a tag team, uh, territory. That was the biggest team there was, uh, definitely the Erichs, um, definitely Devon an- Eric's um, another like, uh, act where for the time that they were, they were rock stars. These guys were larger than life. <laughs> yeah. Some people value that stuff. You should definitely, um, look at these guys, and, uh, you know, in w- with that uh, in spades uh, historical significance it's a really cool act all of them put together by their father and literally just took over an entire region and um unfortunately you know there was a lot of personal tragedies uh with the von erics that i think of like has like colored them into yo they are more tragic figures but i'm like yo when you look at it like they did a lot of business they had a lot of like mystique to them uh and you know if you hear it, the way flair talks about carrie von eric uh and i always go back to that rick flair promo in 1993 when he's facing vader and he's talking about there's a kid that kid's in the ground now or whatever is it and then it's like yeah you put like thirty thousand in texas stadium or something like you know with him there and um i, I think the, the movie coming out is actually going to help um i think with the von eric's case a little bit and just a lot of cool, different rivalries. Uh, and, you know, they had an entire territory that they owned. Uh, and for me, Sergeant Slaughter, I feel like has well, let, me, let me interrupt un- you.
0: The best uh, Von Eric story I got is my mom's, uh, one of my mom's best friends. She went to school with the Von Erics, and uh, let's just say they uh, partied.
2: <laughs> see yeah. now this is over audio so like that that
0: gesture you made like <laughs> compared to what you hear on audio can mean like you, people are gonna think different things oh it means a lot of things and it's probably exactly what you're oh. thinking <laughs> oh okay
1: <laughs> um I, I think sergeant Slaughter's has kind of been penalized enough i think he's uh got kind of like the perfect um <laughs> perfect storm. Like, like he's not going against kind of, you know, people that would have made it more difficult for him, I think. And then when I'm thinking about his career, he was great in the early eighties and then he stunk in the nineties. So I I think that's the general kind of consensus around him. Like, you know, when he's come back with Hogan and all that, but this guy was great in the AWA, big star, very big draw as far as, uh, uh, you know, like with the, with the, the deal, I think it was Hasbro, if I'm not mistaken. um,
0: and he and yeah, the action up leaving. figure the action figure company not the gummy bears yeah yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um he was he was in you know WWE or WWF um for that matter in the very early 80s and then he leaves i think like just as they get into national expansion and if his big uh, penalty, I think, for some people is that he he left like, and, and he had bad business deals with Vince McMahon, I don't feel like that's Sergeant Slaughter's fault. Uh, I felt like he, you know, if Vince McMahon had to put his hand in the pocket uh, of the wrestler a little bit more, I'm not going to blame that wrestler for then, you know, getting those deals on his own, profiting, you know, from them on his own, benefiting well, thing, on
0: his own. And I'm going to compare this directly to someone like a CM Punk. Uh, with this, where Punk came back and he drew the big United Center house, right? And he drew some television ratings. Well, congruently, Sergeant Slaughter, when he left, and the NWA had to strike that deal with, I believe it was ESPN, they yeah. made a deal because on the back of Sergeant Slaughter. So, there's some definitely comparisons there uh, of the time. And then, the way, I w- the way I think about a lot of these candidates, uh, especially when it t- comes in terms of longevity, that's so arbitrary to me in just sports in general because – and I wrote about uh, an article, uh, The Beauty Pair, where I compared kind of careers with how someone can make an impact in such a short or long period of time. And as long as that impact is long-lasting, you could have, say, a five-year excellent career like a Grant Hill, and then the rest is kind of marred by injuries and whatnot. But uh, am I am I wrong in thinking Grant Hill's part of the Hall of Fame in the NBA? I think he uh, got in recently. I think he got I in. Think, I think he recently, got in recently. Right?
2: Yeah. 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 But like he... the thing is, the thing is if you were there and you were around and you saw him in his prime before he ends up like almost dying on the operation ta- the table with his ankles or whatever else, you were like, yeah, this dude like made a bunch of all NBA teams and he's not even 27 yet.
0: Right. He went to the Hall of Fame at 18. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So it was yeah. a little bit while ago.
2: I thought it was more recent. Yeah, like people like if you were there, you knew where this was headed and where this was going, and that that dude was going to be first battle Hall of Famer. And then tragedy struck. Like, and you can't hold again you can't hold the stuff against him at the time. It's like he was outside of Jordan, like from '95 to to until you know he ended up putting on a Magic mm-hmm. jersey. He was probably the best. He's probably the best wing in the league outside of Jordan.
0: Yeah, and th- so yeah. when I got and I'll put Junkyard Dog in this conversation too because I know you guys are very passionate about was him. Was he listed? You,
2: like I, I didn't
1: see him listed in either modern or historical. I didn't know if he was still in modern, if this was his last year in modern.
0: so I thought, I thought last, last year was last year in modern. Last year was his last year in modern, and uh, because he g- still got the minimum amount of uh, percentage votes that he needs, he mo- got moved over to historical.
1: Okay, I didn't see him on the list, but also, uh, yes, I would have JYD on mine as well.
0: Yeah, well, JYD is no longer on, but I, I wanted to bring him up because I was a voter of his... Uh, since I became one, uh, just on historical context and a lot of his, right. uh, I guess, negative his cons was uh, his longevity on top, and it was only you know depending on who you ask, it'd be three years, it could be five years, six years, however many. To me, that was still a significant amount of time, especially in a territory days and a territory like Louisiana, right? right. And and you can even throw like Arkansas and Texas in there, but the point is like. That period of time, I think, wasn't insignificant. I think it was long. I think it was long for the for the time as well. While we look, then, yeah. yeah, and then we, when we look at someone like Sergeant Slaughter, I mean, he had essentially a decade that you could point to where he was contributing in a very large factor. So from that instance, it's like, yes. And then when whoever, depending on who you ask on high, what a high level he is uh, as a worker, so he passes that test. He's among he's among like the Ted DiBiase level of of workers from that era. So I'm like, OK, he, he reaches to me two out of the three categories right there. So how would I not vote for this guy? It, it seemed it seemed. And the more research you do into the guy,
1: and he's one of those um people. You know, there's a million people that kind of get or there's a couple people that get credited with theme music in wrestling being some of the first people to implement that. Uh, Apparently he, you know, his whole thing was the, I believe it was the Marine, uh, whatever uh, it was. It was like the Marine, I don't know what what you call it, but he had them playing that and that was like a catalyst for theme music. You add the Freebirds in with that as well.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you watch any of those old like NWA things and people just kind of come out (laughs) with nothing, you're like, oh, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> it kind of, it's it's a little bit jarring at first. Uh, the same thing happened with like uh, watching old AJW from like the 70s or or uh, you know pre-beauty pair essentially. <laughs> so we'll get to, we'll get plenty of them. Uh, any other candidates kind of stick out or or whom? would I sa- uh Let's see. I mentioned Tiger Jeet Singh. Uh, his track record speaks for itself just from drawing horrendous worker. Johnny Rajo is kind of the I guess he was better. <laughs> uh, same case, but in Canada. And then we talked about Rocca Perez and then June Byers. Okay. Uh, what is you guys' familiarity with someone like June Byers? I I know the name. I don't know. Okay. Like I can give I know
2: a lot more about Mildred Burke through Josh Smith than I do June Byers. Just heard the name before.
0: Okay. So uh I am a firm believer that women's wrestling is its own entity and the way it's been treated uh, throughout history has been filled with a lot of persecution, uh, a lot of, uh, well, you're a woman, you belong in the kitchen kind of mentality. And it's extremely difficult in this say males industry. I know this is very weird (laughs) coming across from a man saying it, but it's, you know, facts are facts in my mind. Doesn't matter who says it. So June Byers was to me the second big women's wrestling star. She was uh, the, I guess, protege to Bildred's Burke. If you, if to put it lightly, um, at the time, a lot of people considered her kind of Burke light. Why would you like that? Uh, but when you look at it historically, she was the star. And then after her, who, who was it? You got to the Mula era and. Then <laughs> just even by North America standards, right? It it never recovered after June Byers once she had uh, the car accident. And if you ever re- read her book, it's a like horrible story. Uh, what she had to go through and what she had to do to just be on top as a woman in the industry, even for the era, was extremely difficult. So uh, in my mind, historical context is enough for June Byers. And then when you look at a drawing record, when she's putting 6,500 people uh, in places in Edmonton, Canada, or 5,000 plus in Texas, uh, you know, that's a that's across a continent. And that's not easy to do. We're, were women, quote unquote, attractions? If you look at old videos, it's, oh, look at the ladies wrestling. Isn't that adorable? Look at June <laughs> Byers. You know, You're like, oh, okay. All right. They kind of won and done. But they, they headlined nonetheless and drew the crowd. And I I believe that it's much. I think I think there's a degree of difficulty for women to draw. Apologies as I uh, cut out again. Uh, there is a difficulty for women to draw over men in this industry. I think that'd be foolish to think otherwise. And we'll get to a candidate there candidate later that I'm very close to vo- voting for. That has broken through that barrier and is that enough in this period of time? So that's my June Byers case. Uh, there's a tremendous uh, article on uh, Twitter that I was able to find that goes through all the drawing records of June Byers uh, from coast to coast and from all across the Rockies. Uh, it's quite an amazing story of what she was able to do. Any other thoughts in that category, guys?
2: Um, nah, I, uh, I have a question for you. In okay. your mind, just as you mentioned... Um, women should not. You feel that women should not be voted. Women act should not be voted in a, in the same vacuum as uh, men single stars. What is your take on tag teams? Because year after year after year, I look at the observer ballot, and unless you're like Holy Demon Army, where I'm like the, the the match catalog and success of drawing in that era was so overwhelming that you can't you can't not put them in. Um, where where's your line on that for? Or like the tag teams in that regard, too, because like I don't because, you know, in this era that I grew up in, tag team wrestling has always been below what is expected as far as being able to draw compared to a singles act um, or a singles program. So that does not mean that I haven't I don't feel like there are not Hall of Fame level tag teams that I have seen over my 35 years on the spinning rock. So um, what is your what is your opinion on that? Because I see some tag teams, and I'm thinking like, yeah, I think they're I think they're observer Hall of Fame tag teams, but I think they're observer Hall of Fame they're observer Hall of Fame at compared to the average or median singles star from that same region, not quite necessarily.
0: So that kind of brings up a point we're probably going to get into when we start talking about like the Bucks and Briscoes, because yeah. that is definitely from a more modern era where. "Quote unquote yeah. tag team wrestling" uh just doesn't—it's it, not held in the same regard as it was in like the the '60s, '70s, and '80s for sure. Right. Uh, that right. that has a lot to because do because of because
2: of because of one fucking Booker.
0: Well, two, but <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I, that's definitely a mentality because women women is a gender, right? And then tag teams is a. Style and booking philosophy, I guess you could put it that way. I think there is a difference behind, behind those two, but I guess the the point is still the same where the average audience member will look at a tag team match and not see it as significant as a singles match. And a lot of that has to do with a mentality over mm-hmm. decades to create it that way, much like watching a a woman wrestle in the ring. it's a, It's a mentality that needs to be changed, and who has changed that? is very historically significant who changes that mentality. Okay. okay. So the next one on the list, uh, I want to skip forward to non wrestlers and get this out of the way quick. Uh, I'm a firm, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm a firm Rossio Gower voter. Uh, since he, the second yeah. this guy was on there, I wrote an entire article with, uh, Alex from, uh, last world sports, um, stardom Quest podcast uh we're very passionate about this uh this man's uh, credentials big article over on voices of wrestling go check that out uh, voter there uh, more Siegel and Bobby Davis are the other two votes I have done uh Siegel original like Houston Louisiana promoter uh, I do count Houston Louisiana kind of as the same territory they're only four hours apart from each other <laughs> tops and then there's uh, Bobby Davis he's kind of the original heel manager he's a slam dunk and then The uh, remaining candidates in there that I did not vote for go as follows. Uh, uh, Dave Brown, uh, Bobby Bruns, Bob Cottle, uh, Joe Higuchi, Jim Johnson, Larry Massick, uh, Reggie Parks, Tony Schiavone, uh, George Scott, Sancho Takagi. uh, That's a no way from me. Um, Mike (laughs) Tanay, Ted Turner, Roy Welsh, Stanley Weston and Grand Wizard.
2: I'm sorry, my laughing I interrupted you. Uh, you rested the rundown. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. That's uh, that's the that's the whole okay. whole
0: whole group there.
1: Uh, I guess in non wrestlers, I I would look at uh, I would consider voting for for Ted Turner, Jim Johnston, uh, Mike Sonay, and Tony Schiavone. Um, Turner specifically, like obviously, if you're you know, you know, Ted Turner's role in, you know, WCW and, uh, turning the, uh, like Georgia championship wrestling and keeping it on the air. Um, I, I think his, uh, enthusiasm and his built willingness to open the checkbook in the nineties basically allowed the, the second wave of the eighties, um, you know, the, the big eighties period of wrestling to have another. Oh, after Vince McMahon was ready to throw guys out on the street after they turned 40 years old, they made a lot of money. They, you know, I, it, it sucks for WCW because they kind of get like swallowed up inside the history of WWE. It's almost like the losers of the wrestling civil war. Uh, will you, but, but like the ideals of WCW have survived, um, the, uh, platform itself, like where AEW is the kind of the spiritual successor, uh, You know, in those, you know, 10, 12 years that, you know, he was in in it, I I think he was, you know, like a lot of stuff doesn't happen without Ted Turner. This stuff folds up a lot quicker uh, into Vince um, without him around. Um, Jim Johnson, I'm a musician myself. Uh, I, you know, I I, I don't want to say I know what it's like to to be uh, what Jim Johnson has done. Like he's playing instruments and coming up with entire like kind of iconic you know you know sound beds for, for for people like when when you hear certain sound effects it can transport you to a time period and he did it for at least 25 years uh in, in wrestling especially like with the, with the change of sound and um he had a lot of d- different like specific sounds or time periods. I'll always remember the late nineties where he had those symbols over the stuff like the Valvina stuff and, you know, the rocks, uh, original theme song, uh, you know, Austin song, like, like he's uh undertaker just the, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And, on. and um, I, I think it's, you know, uh, and, and I happen to, you know, be friendly with Mikey Ruckus from, from AW and, the entire Mikey is in the shadow of someone like Jim Johnson, who your average wrestling fan is like when AW opened, are you guys going to go get Jim Johnson? Everyone was still, um, right. you know, commanding the guys still, still go there, you know, and he's, he's a bit of an asshole because he, you know, <laughs> if, if you ever like, you know, uh, just hear the way, you know, he does interviews like he's up his own ass a little bit, but I mean, you know, he's got a lot of great work. Um, I would, I would consider voting for Mike Taney. I, I feel like Mike Taney was a gateway uh, to a lot of people into learning about international styles, uh, especially in the '90s. Uh, he was a person that was explaining a lot of this shit to Dusty Rhodes, what he was watching, and Bobby, Bobby Heenan. And uh, I think he's, you know, obviously a great wrestling mind. And um, I would, and and this may just be a personal thing. I'm voting for Tony Schiavone. Um, <laughs> the the you know. Does does someone make you happy to watch wrestling? I think Tony Schiavone gets that in space, and he has like so many, um, so many years in the profession, uh, going back to the the eighties. And then I think his mod, maybe if he had not come along, um, you know, in AEW, say, say AEW never opened, and he never comes back into wrestling, maybe I don't vote for Tony Schiavone. But him coming back made me appreciate him. In what he was before. And he wasn't just this, this also ran that was thrown aside um, with, with WCW. And I, I think is the more you go in, in my ballot, I, I'm doing a lot of fighting for WCW on this thing. So oh,
0: I can assure you that's a mistake after uh, watching it as much as I have <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> well, here, you know, you've brought up a lot of WCW um, personnel. And I've gone back and read, researched, rewatched my childhood uh because i you know i grew up in the south grew up in houston right lived in louisiana Mm. for a number of years uh that this is when it comes to wcw uh they were the game in town right and yeah the voice of my childhood was not jim ross it was tony Schiavone, right so yeah i have a lot of nostalgia and and fuzzy feelings when it comes to the guy but in, in terms of candidates like a Ted Turner, like a Giovanni, even a Mike Tena, because I was also, unfortunately, a TNA watcher,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's one of my great regrets in life, but here we are. Uh, when, it, when it comes to candidates like that, I'll throw Jim Johnston and a lot of uh, the referees under under this category. When I'm thinking of a Wrestling Hall of Fame, I'm, I don't really, I have a hard time getting past like certain I guess positions within a wrestling Hall of Fame to make me kind of convince myself even convince myself okay if we're if we're voting in commentators where what what where where do we stop drawing the line are we gonna start voting for makeup artists are we gonna start voting for uh, costume designers? you know the stardom costume designer we can we can throw over there in the joshi you know right <laughs> but it's like three of them but yeah I, yeah, I get your point you, you get what i'm saying and ted turner um the reason why i'm not a voter for him is because he's a billionaire with money that didn't try to improve the company at any point in time he just gave them money and no matter how shitty they got it didn't matter he just left them on the air so to me that 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 to me that's a no case in that in that uh, suggestion cuz that just tells me any billionaire with money could have just said hey put wrestling on tv and we're done with it now it was ted turner who ultimately decided that but that's also why i'm voting against that um Mm -hmm. when it comes to shivani he was what what did he do to change the game of wrestling can we say start up help start up AEW? was he pertinent in starting up the company without him does the company come back i i think i'd be willing to listen to that sort of case I've I've listened to him on his podcast and him talk and yeah he he did have a significant role in AEW in it starting up for sure.
2: I I mean I what I would say personally is, it you know let's say you're not too familiar with WCW and you've only seen like Jim Ross. And knowing Jim Ross Hall of Fame announcer, Jim Ross, and him covering AEW, and then like you know he's on the side that won the war, if you will, and then Chavani's his lost, forgotten person that, that won this war. If you sit through and listen to both of them call AEW shows all these four years, you you would you would be like, I can't believe this one's the Hall of Famer and this one's not. <laughs> by comparison, to one person actually seems like they actually give a fuck about what they're watching. The other one has general like contempt for what he's watching and can't believe he's actually doing it.
0: Well, one guy, that's like saying, okay, this guy is 20 years into his NHL career, and he can still put in 20 minutes on the ice, while a guy who was good 20 years ago can't even put in two minutes. You know, are we... are? But it, it's... Right, all it, right, right right. But like, they're like,
1: contemporaries.
0: Obviously, they are contemporaries, but it's absolutely. Like,
2: One person is absolutely, absolutely, like, did not adjust to the times. One of them is Joe Gibbs. And then the other <laughs> one is Bill, is Bill Belichick. You know what I'm saying? Like, when these people were at one point, you know... Both, both, you know, brilliant minds of the 80s, one with the 80s uh, and, not, and early 90s Redskins, the other the defensive architect behind those Giants defenses. The other one left, came back, and then was just the league had passed him by. And then the other one is out here on, you know, past 60 winning three Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's neither here nor there, not knocking on the other, I'm just saying like, there is something to be said about like you, like you, They it almost felt to me like, they were putting Shivani with Ross before they finally took Ross off full time to have him, to get him to stop being such an asshole and stop, and stop hating what he's watching. Like he have stop being such a stick in the mud while he's doing this thing, getting paid half to do it. It's like, Hey, remember like all that money I'm paying you to actually put my product over. I'm going to put your friend of, of all these decades over there. So he actually reminds you of why I'm paying you all this money. You jackass.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and I think a, a big part of a, a great wrestling announcer is credibility with the audience, likability with the audience. And then like, Feeling like they are on your side, like a, as like, uh, and, and you know, to to bring up like modern WWE, like Michael Cole, right? Oh. Uh, I think your average <laughs> WWE fan nowadays, I'd probably say like the last I don't know, five years like Michael Cole is someone they would say that's for, but I think Michael Cole has a career longer than five years and we should evaluate him as such. Um, and then Shivani uh, I think he's he's just like I don't think you ever get upset to see Tony Schiavone. and then like uh, he's a he's a sympathy machine if he needs to like jump in and play a role sure. like he's more than just like hey um, you know I, I talk about the show and then like nobody has any type of relationship with me or anything like that like I think I, I think for a lot of years Shavani was like cast you know aside historically as this. Also, ran who said every night was the greatest night in the history of our sport, and which to be he, fair, he did say that. He, uh, he did, oh, more than one. Did say that. He, he did say that. But you know, love of the game. You know, is love of the game. I, I can't. I can't punish him for 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 love of the
0: game. I want to go back. Unless to... Unless you sound like, you know. yeah. I want to go back to James' comment where it's like he was on the side that lost the war, and if it was yeah. flipped the other way around then would we be looking at Shivani as the Hall of Fame announcer over Jim Ross I think there's absolutely an argument to be made there uh,
2: there's some there but Ross was still at that point in time the best guy in North America calling yeah Ross was you know, icon. So, him. I, this is not yeah, yeah. A take away like, from Jim Ross
1: historically we're talking about kind yeah. of like you know the last four or five years when it comes to Ross and Shivani
2: well uh, and, and, and it's also like okay like uh, let's put it this way right CBS has the AFC games for the NFL. Their A-team is uh Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Fox is a side. It used to be uh Joe Buck and Aikman. Now they're doing Monday Night Football, right? Like, let's say if there was somebody that was better than Buck that was in there, right? Let's say it was like okay. let's say it was Gus Johnson, right? Or uh or whoever else they're doing right now, right? Like, if you had two really good people on opposite sides, all of a sudden one gets all the shows, it's all of the, all of the AFC and NFC, and they're like, nah, we're boxing that person out, you know, for a while. Like, we wouldn't just forget the other side was really good or was good most times and was like on their job most times. And like, also, when you're watching, the, knowing what it is, like, they're covering for a lot of bullshit from the bookers and the wrestlers, right? Like, if WCW, like, if WCW was ran efficiently, we would not he would have been in. He he'd be already someone that would already be in because like the work would have been good enough to give given his calls and his enthusiasm and then some of his original stuff and some of like the all-time stuff he did. Like you go through and watch Bash at the beach. After Hogan does the promo and the throwing <laughs> garbage in the ring, and he's t- and like and Hogan does this, his awesome line about Bischoff saying it wasn't for me, Eric Bischoff be selling meat off the back of a truck in Minneapolis. <laughs> Tony Schiavone's call at the end, he says, "Good night, everybody. Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell." That's how he is. That's how he is back the beach. It's an all-time call. No one remembers it because he lost that side of the war. Like, like Schiavone, like his, you get the glee in his voice when he giggles now to this day when he's watching like Phoenix go nuts in a match, like. It transports me back to watching him call Ray matches or in like in today's like having to explain to Dusty what the fuck a, a Hurricane Rana is. Like, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm caught, I'm lost up in some of that, but like, I'm watching it now and I'm just like, this is good even by today's standards. And like, I'd really enjoy like the Tashivani and um, in 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 Excalibur uh, like trio. I really have like when well, he they, made like, Britt I, Baker's career,
0: yeah, he helped do it. What's what's ultimately I helped. think definitely what's helped. what's ultimately going to help Shivani with someone like me voting for him is how much AEW goes forward and how much mm-hmm. a role he plays into it. Because right now I'm I'm getting there. I'm certainly getting getting mm-hmm. to the the point to it. But when it comes to WCW and his career, was there was just so many bad years and so many years yeah. where the product was so bad that you just can't help mm-hmm. but Notice that in the announcers when right. Shivani right. and Bobby Heenan, Heenan are yeah oh gosh when, f- when they're when f- they're getting toasted on commentary because the product's so bad with Vince Russo in charge you know it's like I get it but it doesn't make it a good doesn't make it good to listen to or watch. And that there, there is unfortunately something there. It's hard to have a Hall of Fame career when you're on the Charlotte Bobcats for ten years. You know,
2: <laughs> it's hard. That that that's true. It, that's true. The one thing I will say is like, uh, it's harder <laughs> to get into the NFL Hall of Fame just because of the sheer number of bodies and percentages of of, of roster sure. spots and people that have been in the fraternity of the NFL or pro football uh, compared to people who actually gets in, and it's like. Even they make exceptions for the people that are on those, those sorry-ass teams. Like, like we have Hall of Famers that play for, like, you know, the pre-Drew Brees Saints, you know, like, the 90s uh, Carolina Panthers and stuff. We have those. We don't have as many in the NBA, as you mentioned, but, like, we do do we do make those, ex- uh, what do you call it, uh, those exceptions for baseball and for football.
0: There's a lot of stats behind that, behind that as well. Uh, There is certainly a culture in different sports and how they look at Hall of Fame careers, for sure. Um, Yeah, wrestling. I don't. I don't think. I think it has its own kind of culture as well. Uh, And nostalgia has a huge role in it, uh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So too much. Yeah. Well, sometimes too much. uh, For sure. When you talk to, uh, I don't know. uh, voters that kind of grew up in the 60s and 70s and they they just kind of see a name from the 50s and they go bang hall of famer it's like well hold on <laughs> let's let's take a, let's take a minute here but all right uh now we're let's get into the wrestlers i'm just going to quickly go through rest of the world uh because that's that's a topic of of just my like side passion to it all because i went to school in germany i learned a lot about german wrestling catch wrestling in particular was a big was a big thing there a uh, lot of um Just a lot of cultural, uh, I guess, uh, not influence, but uh, interest That's where I go. I'm voting for George Kidd, Jose Torres, and Billy Joyce. Uh, The full disclosure is all of my knowledge, at least lacking, is in the UK specifically, which is probably the opposite of a lot of other voters in this pool. Uh, When it comes to someone like a Jose Torres, which is like the second biggest drawing guy ever in Europe, uh, particularly in Spain, uh, to me, that's just a no-brainer category. Then there's interesting guys that I'm not quite voting for. I'm not quite there yet. It's uh, Spirus Arion from Australia. Uh, Big Daddy. Every time I research this guy, it's it's a GTFO. I'm not even considering it. And then the guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy right, I Josh. really wanted... Yeah, the guy I really wanted to... This is last year too, isn't it? Wow, uh, yes. Year. And it's a good Sorry, bye-bye brother. from me. See ya. You know, when, when you're... Look, when you're a comedy wrestler and you've destroyed a territory, essentially based on the combination of your own ineptitude and uh, your brother booking things, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Otto Vons, okay, Uh, Catch Wrestling, the uh, CWF, it's- uh, Austria, right? Originates in Austria. He was Austrian. Um, Lots of ties to South Africa, Germany- I believe Greece is on the list as well. Uh, a very world, worldwide promotion in the sense of the rest of the world, right? And I researched this guy, and I remember hearing a lot about him when I was living in Germany. Anytime wrestling would come up, it's always Otto Von's, right? He's the guy, big fat dude doing fat things, right? That's the <laughs> that was always the the uh, the conversation. The reason Did talk about the rounds with you? Oh. <laughs> Well, I didn't talk to autovans, that's what I'm saying. It's just research and and people that would talk about like the culture of wrestling in central Europe. And they just don't look at it. They just like the the older people, the the grandparents I would talk to and all that. Not mine, but other people's. Their concept of wrestling was not the same as say a North American sense or even a Japanese sense. It was always, of course, still shooter style without the UFC influence. They 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 wanted everything to be a rounds format, catch wrestling, and big dudes right. just hitting each other with with the, you know, it's your slap meat league, but without any skill. Because it was always guys, and this is, this is why I ultimately came to the decision that I'm not voting for the guy, is he had carte blanche over an entire region that he could do whatever he wanted with it, but never came to any sort of success that I can point out other than he was the only game in town. Were there other leagues? Were there other promotions? Sure, but he was the big one. And when he's putting in, uh, when he's putting in the the what's called the not cream of the crop in his events, when he could he could have chosen much other, uh, many different stars, or even created his own, he never did that. He never thought he'd make money, or he just wasn't good at it. I don't know. <laughs> I had never talked to the guy, obviously, but. All research points to me that uh, he just wasn't as successful as he probably should have been or could have been. And it was all based on his singular philosophy that I just don't think worked out. And that's just my what my research is. And that's what ultimately I didn't come to the conclusion of voting for Otto Vons. But a fascinating read. It's got a book out there. Uh, it's in a multitude of language. So if you know German and French, that was the easiest ways to like read his book. I, I couldn't find an English one. So if there's anyone listening out there that know, knows of it, probably share it around. But he was he was the one I probably researched the most during this entire ballot. Nice. Okay. Okay. So, uh, other people in the rest of the world as I pull up the uh, categories here, just to go over who else is... Let's see, where's the rest of the world? Here we go. Uh, mentioned Spiros Arion, Big Daddy. Dominic DiNucci, very close very close to him as well, but not as close as the others. Uh, Billy Joyce, who I am voting for. George Kidd is the slam dunk no-brainer. Voted for him last year. Uh, Killer Carl Cox, uh, he's the morality vote. Uh, when you got initials KKK and he's got the racist Nazi gimmick, um, cultural influence in a positive manner, he is not. <laughs> uh, Mike Marino, Kendo Nagasaki, Jackie Paulo. The Royal Brothers—that's uh, who Dave Meltzer is very, very fond of. Uh, Johnny Saint, Adrian Street, uh, Jose Torres mentioned in Autobonds. Those are your people. Any other thoughts before we move on? Um, um. So you mentioned the
2: moral stuff with with uh, with Killer Carl Cox, right?
0: Yep. <sighs> There's a hard conversation we could have with it if you're up for it. No, no, no,
2: no! It's just gonna be something passing. It's gonna be something passing. Okay. So, is it in? Is it Fritz von Erick in?
1: Yes. I check.
2: Yes. Wasn't his gimmick that he was a Nazi when he was when he was younger, and then oh. you know he got the territory, and then his kids, and then they came to their face after that. They were like, "No, nah, that was just pretend." I'm still go, I'm still
0: going by von Eric though. What? I I guess I guess the pivot First there. Season. Yeah, I guess the pivot there was he didn't stick with it for his entire career. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: I, I I okay.
0: There. I get I get I, I you're gotta going. say, yeah. I gotta yeah. say,
2: if you if you were ever a Nazi, I don't think you should be in. Am I being overbearing here by saying I doing it like, nah, no, if you're being if you're if your gimmick is here, and big, big and get the fuck out. Or never get in. Don't come through the door. Don't well, even try.
0: <laughs> the hard conversation I was gonna try to pull this was okay, he's a heel with a Nazi gimmick against a lot of French baby faces. It's kind of easy money, right? In the in like the forties <laughs> and fifties. It's an of-era okay, thing, Z- but but then there's a big Z- morality F- thing FBI of how long and Patriot- he went kept doing it, yeah. Patriotism
2: is built into, is built into, or bait into the the, the cake, right? Yeah. We could agree on that, right? Oh, yeah. However, <laughs> <laughs> once you go into full-on, I'm going to be a, ter- I want to be a, a you know, a, a terrorist, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a line on that
0: one. I'm staying on it. I- uh, am I being a fan for standing on that one? I don't think Stand so at all. That's, that, no, because that's where my line is. But if there's if there was a conversation to ha- be had, we could actually like go in a number of different directions, but I do like the line drawn cuz I, I am very much of the same way. Wait,
2: wait, wait. you uh, you thought I was going to talk on behalf of, of the of the guy no, with KKK? No, no, no. No, 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 like, no. Nah, maybe you should get in the That was never happening. You, we, we are look, we we are talking on this screen to each other. You were talking to this black man. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you must be out your damn mind. <laughs> No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> you thought that's how that was going to go? No, 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 we're no, no. We're start, start, start advocating for a wrestle oh with the initial no. KKK.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> no, nah, it was not going that way. Look, I don't know. Like, I don't know why you if thought if it was Mr. going that look, way, but it's look, not going. It was <laughs> never going that way. If, look,
1: nah. if Mister KKK wanted to earn my observer hall of oh, fame Christ. vote, <laughs> like
2: he would have had to,
1: he would have had to cut that shit off, like early like <laughs> very early
0: like like. Oh, better get be... his
2: ass in the time machine
0: exactly. <laughs> go back oh my god tell your,
2: tell your young <laughs> self to stop <laughs> this funny. shit now
0: oh it's so funny okay <laughs> all right uh how do we pivot away from there <laughs> modern u.s and canada how about that <laughs> all right oh holy <laughs> shit oh you got me sweating <laughs> Uh, let me take my let me take a breath here.
2: I mentioned I to see what she had to say about the Briscoes because they're an interesting case, and like the like I think ultimately the answer for me is going to be no, um, no for now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the uh, candidates in modern U.S. and Canada are the Briscoes, Young Bucks, Edge, Goldberg, the Hardy Boys, uh, who I voted for last year. By the way, um, I guess more on that. Uh, Becky Lynch, John Moxley, Nash and Hall, Paul Orndorff, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, Punk, Roman Reigns, back on it, Trish Stradish, and the Steiner brothers. Uh, I'm voting for only two candidates this year. This year. It's uh, the Young Bucks and Paul Orndorff. Um, oof. Oof. And you're allowed what five? Yes. I'm only voting
2: for oof. two. Got a real, real snobbish, real snobbish. <laughs>
1: I'm voting for four, and uh, the fifth person I have, I feel like I don't want to vote for them. yet. and and so I would vote for the Young Bucks, John Moxley, Paul Orndorff, and Goldberg. With looking at Becky Lynch in the future, um, to see how she wraps
2: it all up.
0: Okay, so I'm very me- happy you brought up Becky Lynch. So I wanna, I wanna circle around to that later. Okay, so uh, for me, my
2: immediate, my immediate is um Orndorf, the Young Bucks, and John Moxley. Um. There's a uh. Those come to me immediately, and you can talk me into uh. You can talk me into Bill Goldberg. I could be taught into potentially uh. The the Briscoes, based off their their high level of of work. Um. I can be taught into even the Steiners, based off their level of influence on tag team wrestling, past uh. Past like ninety five. Um. And for me, CM Punk's a lot, too. Um, so I, that that's, that gets me to four with a, with other people that I'm kicking around for fifth. I, I can be talking to Becky Lynch because, uh, you know, because of what she's done. And as you mentioned, like it, she's climbed, she climbed a much deeper mountain than these than these dudes. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I would I would actually go. I will find a fifth. I'm sorry. I'm not a hater like y'all. I, I can't. It's not in my genes. I was raised that way. I don't know who raised y'all. But, yeah, that's that's who I, that's where I am on it.
0: So since we're on the topic of kind of who you can get talked into uh, when it comes to the two people you both mentioned, it was John Moxley and then Becky Lynch. I'm on mm-hmm. the wait and see wagon because we're still in a very important juncture in their careers. Uh, now, I made the argument okay. with like yes, Ibushi, like the last couple of years, like if he retires tomorrow, is he a Hall of Famer? And as mm-hmm. we've seen, Ibushi might be a little washed at this point in time. So we've kind of seen what he can do. The difference between, say, what Moxley and Lynch have and are doing compared to Ibushi is Ibushi has been doing it at a high level for a decade running, while I feel yeah. that Lynch and Moxley are doing their best work in, in this small juncture of time that we're currently in. And do I do I think 10, 15, 20 years, in now, 20 years from now, these two are Hall of Famers? I do. I kind of, I kind of mm-hmm. do. I, 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 I am mm-hmm. still of that mindset that if they both retire tomorrow, look, Moxley is a what two time wrestler of the year in the Observer Awards, and he, he's yeah. won two of the last three years. And I, I think where
2: is he now? And I think he's like in the top twenty five somewhere, in, in like uh, vote share for, for uh, Flirtas.
0: Right. So yeah,
1: I think he's number twenty seven or twenty eight, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Okay, yeah. there you go. And a very integral part of growing AEW as a company, a number two promotion in the world. Uh, to me he he's a lock. I'm just not ready to vote for him currently. Cuz we we're, we're still seeing the career play out as well. He's still in No. Okay, I... so I am just I'm just kind of confused on this
2: cuz like you you have five votes, you're only voting for two. Mm-hmm. You're saying you will vote for this guy eventually, but you're, but you're just going to abstain from voting, uh, voting him in when you can vote for him now and and like and clear up some of this logjam that's eventually going to get people in anyway. I, I, I yeah. I, people that vote like that, it's always like uh, I don't what I I, I like this, I just don't.
1: I feel like I need to say yes on there. somebody or no on somebody. Not right. yeah. I'll, like, I'm at four right now, and I'm still a no on Becky Lynch ultimately right now, right? But in Moxley's case, here's why I think you should consider clearing it up now. If he got hit by a bus tomorrow, right? Like, if he got hit by a bus tomorrow, right, Lord forbid, this guy found a way in modern WWE to stand out as an Iron Man, as someone that moved numbers for them, as someone that got crowned the champion, uh, the defining faction of his generation largely was built around him um, and stapling the other two guys to him. Whenever, whenever they're popularity, got in trouble. whenever like like remember that I'm um, lying on oh, the Dot Dre saying. song. Say when y'all fell off, who's the Dot? They told you to go see. They they sent him to go see John Moxley, like <laughs> whose fan support never waned, way more over than his push all the time. Um, and I would say it became clear, you know, once he realized he was never gonna get to another spot, he had to get out of there. And when he got out of there, I w- I feel like if this was. If he was going on the ballot coinciding with him leaving WWE and we didn't know what it looked like on the other side, I feel like you could get away with uh I'm not sure yet, right?
0: Oh, but he yeah. was a hard no before AEW. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Now
1: when he when he went to New Japan, when he's gone to, to AEW, all the great matches that, that we've seen from this guy. there is There are people that would look at between him and Seth Rollins and think of Seth Rollins as the work rate guy amongst them. I'm here to tell you, John Moxley has way more great matches on his resume than supposed work rate man Seth Rollins. Um, that That's out there. I certainly there. agree with that. Uh, and I think he is someone that, mm-hmm. Is almost a unifier in a sense. There are people that don't like Moxley, or whatever that, you know, there's like a weird sect, or whatever. But like if you were a hardcore WWE fan and you didn't want to watch AW at all, most reasonable people, I would say among them, wouldn't have anything bad to say about Moxley. Maybe they were sad he left, you know, whatever. But I think winning two out of three Flair Thez awards like is you have to look uh, at, at anybody that's won more than one of those. We're talking about even Kazucho Okada hasn't done this. Um, yeah. In you know, we're talking about Kenny Omega has done this. Kurt Angle, I believe, has done this. Um, Chris Jericho, Ric Flair, obviously, like, and he's in that elite class. Um, and I don't know if it's you know a uh, it's a case where maybe he caught a couple of years that were you know maybe not as strong, but to me that doesn't really matter because like he did it in some of the toughest years in pro wrestling history with the pandemic, with establishing a new company. And I think he's like you know someone when you talk about work, I think he's there. Positive historical significance. Definitely there. Like Just the way his career has touched so many other people's. um, Talking about the people that he's been against. The people that he's been teamed with. Who all benefit from being next to him. Um, And then it was... uh, What was the last one? It was Perk. Historical significance and... uh, Draw. Draw. Is he like... you know, is he Stone Cold Steve Austin's a draw? No. I don't I don't think he's he's, you know, a game changing draw in that that manner. Like I can't, you know, point to him and say, yo, he's like, you know, broke the box off his rates or anything like that. But the um, the the one thing I can point to, you know, was the first time they, they put those tickets for him and Kenny Omega on sale and that, you know those tickets were gone. Like all in that was the and the that that, that demand um that, that Dave talked about that, that one time and Um, I I think he's been you know very consistent as a draw. He's been something of a Bret Hart in AEW. Whenever there's been you know uh, there's a band aid, uh, he's just a model of consistency even through you know personal problems.
0: So uh, the reason why I kind of have him and Becky Lynch also in that same category is when I was kind of putting together, you know, a lot of their mostly pros. So the cons is basically at the at the same point line of like 2018 and before that, right? 2017, you could may- maybe go back, and their careers really took off around that period of time. And now we're at 2023. And when I was looking at kind of a uh, a bigger picture over the careers of a lot of other people, I'm voting for, it's almost like to me they don't have. They're, they're missing a, a, just a couple key things in their resume left to do for me to finally pull the trigger on them, right? That's why I said, it's like, let's see what, what else they can do more in their career. Uh, for Becky Lynch, I said this to a friend of mine uh, just recently ago. I'm very close to voting for Becky Lynch, but I feel like she's like one main event away from finally me just going, that's it. And I just don't quite have it yet. Now, 10 years from now, or 20, this is why I say they're they're probably going to get in no brainer because of what they did here and now. Because then we'll look back on the past with a different set of uh, a different mindset. So, like for example, Becky Lynch very much uh, coming coming to power, coming to uh, the top of the industry for two years, and I think to an extent she's still there, and that's very hard to do as a woman. Needless to say, it's it's well, no one's done it in what sixty years minimum. So, when I look at it that way, yeah, ten years from now, it's like just that small sliver is historically significant. It's it's like how we do, look back do, on, yeah,
1: go ahead. Do you feel like you need to put Becky Lynch like, earlier because you said um you evaluate women's ref- wrestling differently? Like if just in that case, like would that like change your mind? Um, and then like think about her immediate contemporaries, like uh, compare to a Charlotte. Uh, I know she's not about compare her to a Mercedes Monet, like. I feel like if she's like jousting with those people, like for the spot and then she keeps like emerging as the one, even though they're pushing Charlotte way harder than they ever pushed Becky. And She's still, you know, they both got that main event that they got in 2019 for Ronda Rousey, essentially. And it was a kind of a company made decision. But Becky was very hot. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of with you. And in fact, if, if she's able to rise to that level again, I feel like she's a no brainer at that point.
0: It's almost like she, she doesn't have to even rise to that same level. Like what she just did with, say, Tiffany Stratton and, and Valkyrie and among a lot of the other talent there's a reason why she's popping numbers on NXT and someone like Charlotte did not, right? Uh, so f- in regards to her contemporaries, she is very much rising above everyone else in the industry and for good reason. It's... Yeah. it's, But uh, there are people I've spoken to, women's wrestling historians and fans, that are voting for Becky Lynch right now because of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just not ready to pull the trigger, and like I said, I think she's like one main event away, just one, where I'm fine. It's finally going to click, and I pull the trigger.
2: Okay, uh, I'm, you know I'm I'm still there too. I wouldn't vote for her for sure. She's someone to be like. I'm not like she's on the she's on the maybe she's in the maybe pile with me. I have a lot of people in the maybe pile because like it's so hard to evaluate WWE talent at this stage now because of how much they have made it hard for you to discern who's actually as is which individual acts actually really matter and which is just like we put any we could you know it's like the old um peyton manning analogy like if you put a if you put a, a a grocery store shopping cart and every single time you you, you hiked the ball you had to tackle push uh like you had the the, the shopping cart play tight end and you had like the t- the tackle push out the shopping cart like is that is that shopping cart that gets eight hundred yards per season <laughs> or is it actually like Dallas Cart actually good we don't know uh so like that's that's really hard to discern this kind of stuff. Um, with with WWE career wrestlers and like, you know, Moxie and god got out of there to be able to prove that himself. And you you, you look at it and you like you go through like the observer and you uh, observer of hall of fame list, and you're like the people that had like significant careers in um in WWE and it's like okay, who, the last people to get in is like, okay, AJ Styles, who spent most of his career getting all of that stuff outside of there, Danielson who spent a lot so much of his career getting out outside of there. Uh Oh, or you know Nakamura
1: Rey Mysterio,
2: same thing. Chris Jericho. Rey Mysterio, Jericho, like you know you got like the only people you're going to point to is like Brock Lesnar and John Cena in like a in like a decade.
0: Yeah, uh, just it's, it's being very yeah, being in WWE is certainly a hindrance, which may which may ironically help Becky Lynch's chances for a Hall of Fame observer vote because of where she was and where she ended up inevitably getting despite what the company's philosophy is uh and i'll even point to mercedes Monet, sasha banks where to me she's uh the best in-ring woman's worker uh, outside of japan that's probably ever lived and just strictly on in-ring work if she was on the ballot i'd be considering voting for her the only instance for me of not voting for her is is well, what can she do now outside of the WWE system? And we're seeing that right now. So that's She's like tried. her one she thing where try. I'm not voting. Yeah, that's her one thing where I'm not ready to vote for her. So as soon as she gets mm-hmm. on the ballot, I'd be like, okay, same thing with Becky Lynch. Where Becky yeah. succeeded is where Sasha did not and vice versa. Yeah, And and yeah. even so, they are <laughs> when I was kind of putting those two next to each other, Sasha still has a lot of instances of being a draw in yep. a lot of, in a, On the a lot of cases. hours and stuff. Yep. Right. Yep. And that's what we got to go by. And then Becky Lynch has a litany of great matches as well. You can even point mm-hmm. to this year. It's like, how did she like, get a great match out of Trish Stratus in 2023?
2: Like yeah. her, her post. Becky's like, um, let's say to, her, her last three years. You're
1: young. <laughs> her yeah. shit's backwards. Kind of. It's like right. she's yeah. taking off the last couple years. Kind of like as a worker.
2: Yeah. Like, you know, obviously the 2018 stuff with Charlotte, like that's some all time stuff inside of the main roster, like mm-hmm. history, like robbery stuff. Um, but the part where like that was done back with.
1: then. Bro, James, there were people back then that swore Charlotte had to be in the match to save the match at WrestleMania 35 because Becky Lynch was some not good wrestler. Like at the time, this is the, and the we, what did we and what say at the
2: time, from? Rich? What did we say at the time? Needed here, man. Right. The better. Um, like you look at what, what Becky's done, you know, like two thousand, let's say twenty or so, like to now with in these big matches whenever she gets her cha- her shots and like the way she has not missed, or honestly since, since two thousand nineteen. Um, like the way she has not missed and like the people that there were actual concerns about like, you know, her athleticism, her knees, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. We would joke about it. And like she has figured a way to still have to knock out and produce great matches in spite of that stuff, um, and like it's been it's been very impressive. Uh, it really has for you know the the lack of number of shots she gets, you know, compared to what she had, you know, that little run she had, mm-hmm. and she she still keeps doing it, and it's really impressive, especially considering like the, her most of her you know her you know her second best historical or third best historical like running partner ain't even in the promotion anymore. It's been, it's been really impressive to see her like get her shot and like, you know, pick up some stuff. And like, I'm interested to see what she does with, with, with Rhea in the future and that kind of thing. So yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. For all we know with how uh, big Rhea is within the company, uh, being a manager and all that and being a champion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if we get like a Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch main event at, I don't know, uh fast lane or uh elimination chamber, wherever it might be, pick up, Pay per view uh, mm-hmm. down the line, they main event and they blow the house down. I think I, I think that's enough for me at that point in time. I'm like I've seen enough, mm-hmm. I've seen enough. And the same the same thing could be with Moxley. Uh, like next year, if AEW's business like bounces back and he's international champion or AEW champion again, and he pulls in one like more good run in him and a couple more pay per views that blow my mind, like the Hangman Page match. That's enough for me. What? Wh- but my question
2: is: Would he be in right now if, it, if not for the fucking dud? Hmm. I was joking. Uh, he actually considered it. <laughs> That's great.
1: That's funny. It's good questions. Um, <laughs> That's great. I think I think the Young Bucks are one of the easiest um votes I ever cast in this thing. Um, yeah, Sorry. I didn't
0: even give it two thoughts. <laughs> to me, the greatest in-ring tag team of all time. They started up a company. Uh, they built the company with them. I mean, well, look, done. I don't even need to go See, over all,
2: Look, all, all you gotta do is go through this. The amount of great for for me, they I think they're the greatest in-ring tag team of all time. They are while not being the, my particular cup of tea out, that I want out of, out of tag team wrestling, and they still accomplished that. Like for me, I want Hangman and Kenny Omega. I want DIY. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I want out of my tag team wrestling. They are not that, yet they still have been the most prolific tag team of all time. In a way, they're kind of like Jerry Rice for me. Like, all right, I want the big. I want the biggest guy. The, the the perfect star I want the fastest guy the biggest guy and the guy that jumps the highest get like I want Randy Moss and who's better Randy Moss or Jerry Rice Jerry Rice Jerry Rice <laughs> sorry going, like, Jerry, Randy Moss is my favorite athlete of all time it, he's not the greatest receiver of all time I can't like it's too it's, this is in numbers are too overwhelming and in results are too overwhelming so I, I got to go with Jerry Rice so, and that for me is a young buck, the young So like that's, that's there
1: made and, had the best best matches made the most money have the most historical significance.
2: Yeah, yeah. For me, so once you look at the match catalog, the match catalog, is the match catalog, then it's like, okay, all in, we're done. Nothing you said, nothing you said. Ten thousand people, not independent wrestling show. We're done. Right. It was. It was. For, it was done in two thousand eighteen. We just had to wait. The, wait out the turn to get to this point to get them eligible to do this.
0: So, <clears throat> I voted for the Hardys uh, last uh, the uh, last year. I've completely had a change of heart on them in particular. Can, can you and tell me why they were in a year ago? So when I was when I was I, I, honestly I think I think a little nostalgia had a lot to it. Um, but the more like I have a hard time really taking an individual's act out of a tag team because to me the Hardys have always been together even when they were singles wrestlers. I always looked at their careers kind mm. of in conjunction with each other. Uh, I don't really agree with Meltzer's ideas of what this tag team is or, or the tag teams uh, being voted in. I think you do have to take take into account their individual records as well. Uh, that's why when I got to like Toshi Yamada and uh, uh, Manami Toyota and I was looking at them, I'm like, well, y- Yamada's career wasn't like really much of what, <laughs> right? And then how long was this mm-hmm. team? So when I looked at the Hardys, I'm like, okay, a big chunk of their careers was as individuals still – Eventually coming back together as the Hardy Boys in many different instances. And did I like? Did I think Jeff Hardy had an integral part of growing TNA? I I I do. Do I think Matt Hardy had also, ironically, had an integral part of growing TNA at one point? I do. Uh, Were they in small amounts? I, I guess depending on who you ask and what quantifies as big or small in this case. And then when when they're a tag team, they they definitely. Broken grounds, I think, bigger than, say, their contemporaries of the era. I think they're the best tag team from the 2000s. Up until the Young Bucks started taking over. But then there's another team that came on the ballot that got me to look at things a lot differently. That was the Briscoes. Okay. So the more I do- I dove into the Briscoes and what they've done as a team, very similar to the Hardy Boys, just not in WWE or TNA. They did it right. in Ring of Honor. And, and they were flat out better than the Hardys. And that's the thing. I think the Briscoes are better workers than the than the yeah. Hardy Boys.
2: Yeah. The Hardy Boys
0: just had the yeah. notoriety of being in a bigger company and having yep. that name value. And
2: Jeff is absolutely a bigger star than... Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it wasn't until the Briscoes getting on the ballot and me seeing them uh, over the last few years and really going back into their catalog, because I wasn't a Ring of Honor guy. I hadn't seen a whole lot of them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw yep. him every once in a while. I've seen them since 2017. I guess that'd be really when I started go- going into Ring of Honor more. And then it's just been kind of backfilling from there. And the more I backfilled and researched the Briscoes, they're just better in my mind. In all mm-hmm. facets. They were just in a smaller company. And I'm not one to hold that against a team or an individual. If they're in a smaller company, they're trying to grow that that brand, that company, that, that style. Mm-hmm. I think the Briscoes had a better case than the Hardy Boys. So that just knocked the Hardy Boys just out for me. And the Briscoes, I'm I'm not quite there on the fact I'm still not familiar enough with them. I, st- I, I, st- I still think I'm missing some key part of their history that I may not be aware of yet. And that's probably my fault, but that's also why I can't vote for them. Uh, just yet
1: yeah th- they're in a followed away for the future for me uh, with the Hardy Boys I just struggle with them with considering them um, when I'm like alright if somebody were to ask me what's your favorite regular rules Hardy Boys match I would be like um, um the one versus the Young Bucks just recently um like uh, I would I would I would start stuttering like it, 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 would, be, it would not be good for, for Matt and Jeff um, very cool at a specific point in time I think I'm with you, JD. I feel like separately, like their impact is, you know, especially like with the, um, a lot of the ruthless aggression era, nostalgia that's starting to run around and those, uh, younger voices starting to come into the space. Somebody they loved was, was late two thousands, Jeff Hardy. That's who they mentioned, not the yep. Hardy boys. That's, that's not what they're talking
2: about. And hey, um, when they do mention Matt, it's just to talk about the edge and Mad Lita stuff. Yeah. Right.
0: Right.
1: And it's, I feel like their legacies of like, you know, it, going separate ways I, I feel like if they were able to not be as beat up right now as they are and they were able to like contribute something of value to AEW as far as like more than yeah, some merch and you know uh mm-hmm. maybe like getting a, great a reactions in the building like yeah. I was there and I was in, in Atlanta like you know two months ago when the Hardys came out that shit was like as lit as anything on the show still to this day but like yeah. you know they they just can't go anymore because they're so broken.
0: Um, nostalgia is no a terrible drug, man. There are people with yeah. TNA nostalgia now that see it in a positive light, and I it just we talked about mind. it on the show. Yo, it yeah, blows and, my and, and mind about the
1: show. And I I don't think I could vote for for the Hardy Boys as a team. Just like seeing like I feel like you have to, and it wasn't you know look how long it was you know like in. You know the look how long long it was like uh argument I think is unfavorable for them just when you mentioned comparing to the Briscoes comparing to the Bucks comparing to the Steiners like who yeah. even you know on here it's just like there needed to be more I think
2: and, and, and as you mentioned like it, like I think you do the I think what you're doing is generous as far as saying like you will attribute like some of their individual things like to their to their candidacy, for me, I'm like I do it well, the same with the Steiners. When...
0: I do it the same yeah, with yeah. Uh, with the Hart Foundation. And look, Jim Neidhart, he is I mean, no Hall Right, that's what I mean. I'm like <laughs> to
2: me, it's not even discussion. Like y'all put it on the on the board. Y'all put that on the board. It's like we already got Brady.
1: I mean, y'all got vote for Steve... Y'all vote for Stevie
2: Ray. You know?
0: No. You know, dude, he's he's funny as fuck you know, on commentary you know, you know. in WCW, but no. They <laughs> vote for Stevie nah, St-
2: Ray fruit booty.
0: <laughs> yeah
2: that, i was gonna say what did he call me booty something yeah it was fruit booties yes yes My yes God. which is just this is bound to be homophobic just bound to yes. be homophobic um still popular yeah, so <laughs> it, it like takes me so <laughs> by but, surprise what did he say <laughs> <laughs> so like for me back to jeff like the the jeff and matt thing is like all right think of the things that like before you know when they weren't in WWE, like what kept them afloat, you know, got given that like late career renaissance, like the ultimate leash stuff. And it's like, that's them as singles battling each other. And then they become, they, they end up at the end on the back end of stuff, like getting back together. But it's like, it, we're really putting people on by doing bad wrestling on purpose to pop people by doing parody yeah. wrestling. A parody wrestling what is going to add to these people's candidacy. No, nah, don't, 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 don't vote them in. Yeah.
1: yeah they'd be a, just a cut for me, but, um, uh, I guess we like talk we ain't about- let, we're not
2: letting parody wrestling fans in. No, he's
0: not getting in any, anything. Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo Pro's not getting in, in anything. Well, wow. <laughs> certainly won't be in my book. But uh, okay, so we gotta <laughs> we gotta bring it up. Uh, I'm just gonna go through kind of all these candidates that kind of stand out the same to me, which I won't be voting for. That's uh, Edge, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins. Uh, and even the Steiners, to an extent, where all I guess good wrestlers—they were all pushed in some capacity, uh, very much main event level in in uh, all their cases, uh, especially Scott Steiner. And it's all like nice. It's a hall of very good. That's that's kind of my standing on them. Goldberg, it's it's a it's a. Was he historically significant for WCW in? a down period year in which they came off of the sting debacle. It's like, well, yeah, I I guess, but look, I've rewatched essentially all of Goldberg's run right now. And it's so much shorter than you think. He was never featured on WCW when he finally like peaked at the title. And he just never reached that, that level. Like not, not even remotely to a push degree. It's uh. Goldberg is an interesting circumstance of his circumstances.
1: <laughs> as the, as the resident social suplex Goldberg uh, champion, uh, I allow me. You're right. <laughs> um, here's why I think you should consider voting for Bill Goldberg.
2: Because he was the second most over person in pro wrestling in 1998. I'll say there. Are, I mean, it's kind of couple, simple. I was
1: going to say there are a couple great years in wrestling, like, as far as, like...
0: It wasn't eight all 98, years. I'll let you know. Important it was like, years. six months. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was, like, you know, in 1998, if it wasn't Steve Austin, it was Goldberg. And I think you can yeah. listen to the way Bobby Heenan talked about Goldberg. He called him the man. And, like, he... I would think Bobby Heenan was somebody that had... Probably a better mind for wrestling than, per se, Eric Bischoff. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. Um, And it was like, I feel like if the right thing is done, it's a lot easier um, to do. And we have proof of doing the right thing with Goldberg, ironically, from modern WWE. Like when they come in, they let this guy just talk to the crowd, be a human. Goldberg can magically talk at this point because he's 50 years old. He comes in kind of like is this this myth. And I can call a bunch of my homeboys right now that have not watched wrestling a year. I'd call my stepbrother Justin. He used to was, you know, all in with the wrestling with me in 96, 97, 98 know he doesn't watch anymore if i called him right now and was like tell me what you remember about bill goldberg he would talk for a half hour long for a half hour about how much he loved bill goldberg and um i think yes it, it is there comparisons like yo was he like basically the, the ultimate warrior possibly of his time i think that's that's totally valid right um was <laughs> landscape uh conspiring against him um in a way, you know, the only thing you had to worry about was kind of Hogan and Vince McMahon and the coming on the, the fumes of Hulkamania. That's all you had to deal with compared to, yeah, the entire NWO. And when I mean the entire NWO, I'm talking about political masterminds like Hulk Hogan, like Kevin Nash, like Scott Hall, um, dealing with Sting, like, you know, still being around. Luger,
2: uh Big Show. um, Flair, Flair, is on, this, Flair on the way to come. Here, Flair, to... like Flair, Flair, was Flair was on the downside in ninety eight, but then he cu- he cuts back in in ninety nine. Yeah,
1: entire political faction of, of Flair and the Horsemen, and then Bret Hart's coming in there, and it's like he found a way to to connect with the, the audience. I think better than all of them um, at that time. Obviously, limited work and all that, but I felt like he was he was so dynamic. Um, and you know, these times, it was instantly different for him. um even as early like you know, i'm I'm talking watching him on wCW Saturday night, wCW Pro worldwide. these matches like where he would be in there with God knows who, like Jerry Flynn and um <laughs> uh the roadblock. uh any big motherfucker they could find, like, you know, Reese and I just think he if you add that up and the wcw thing doesn't move you or whatever i'm like all right that first we all got tired of goldberg towards the end when they kept bringing him in, bring him in they had nothing kind of interesting for him at all and he was just you know doing a parody essentially of of goldberg but that first time he came back it was like yo he's old he has he has a gray beard we still believe in Bill Goldberg. When I mean oh, we, Oh, look, I was I'm at that Survivor about...
0: Series in Toronto. I was right there for the squash against Le- uh, against Lesnar. I was there. Right. I went nuts. I, mean, I went nuts. I, I won some money not... with the prop bet that'll go less <laughs> than two minutes. You know, <laughs> I won, say, money, off, when, I when won I say, money off Goldberg. Let's go.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say, when, when, when I'm talking about we, it's not us on the, on the podcast <laughs> that I'm talking about. It's like Goldberg Nation rose the fuck up. Like, it was like, he's fucking back. I can't believe this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan of Goldberg. I definitely have a a degree of nostalgia for the man. Uh, Mm -hmm. In terms of, yes, he like I've just in in, forty
1: thousand in the Georgia Dome three days.
0: Well, (laughs) a lot of those tickets were sold before, anyways. But anyways, uh, (laughs) you know, we're not saying MJF sold out all all out or all in, are we? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Goldberg's case, you know, I, I, if if uh, people think that's enough for him, it's not enough for me. Uh, I, I really, I really do look at him like that era of Ultimate Warrior, uh, terrible worker, short matches, did the same thing. Uh, nostalgia is a powerful thing. We keep going back to that. I think a lot of just the modern era has a lot to do with that, and they could just do that again, which they did. He'd come back six times in two years. It, that's what nostalgia is there for, right? Is that all possible if Goldberg wasn't one of the biggest things in wrestling for about an 8-month 6 to 8 month period? No, certainly not. Uh but there was always bigger stars around him in my mind uh and and certainly rewatching WCW put on a a, a heavy new perspective on how I look at this guy and his career. It's just not it's just nothing for me. It's almost nothing.
2: So like he'd be my maybe pal. I wouldn't vote I wouldn't I'll vote for him so. right now, but he'd be my maybe pal. Like it's just uh I, I I think that being able to be at that level for any amount of time is like a, a rarefied space that so few have ever gotten to that it was worth consideration regardless of if I think like, yes, it's he's gonna hit you with the spears, he's hit you with the jackhammer, he's gonna fuck out of there. I get it. But
0: well, that's the argument that that's man, the argument I can't argue with. Is could you tell the story of pro wrestling without Bill Goldberg? And I, I
1: absolutely not.
0: I think that's a no. You can't, you can't like, tell the story without him. Yeah.
1: When Bobby yeah. Heenan yells, "He's got him up!" Like it, that takes you right there. Like you know exactly what we're talking about when 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 he says that. It's right. like, NBA Jam Cabinet yeah.
0: 1994. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, man. Um, yeah, like I, I think, so, um, I think Goldberg is is someone like people should, people should find out for themselves. Like, don't even listen to like you can listen to me talk about how much I like Goldberg, how much I revered him, and you know, watch his stuff maybe once a year. Don't take it from me. Take go feel it for yourself, right? And it's gonna be hard to recapture time and place, like because we're just not in yeah. that world anymore or whatever. Yeah, but. Think about a promotion that essentially has blown all the money already. Like it's on the way down. The Titanic is sinking. In, in retrospect, but there's one motherfucker. There's
2: there's one bad man left. Like so. There's one. There's one last lifeboat out there before they eventually even sink that with a cattle prod because they're yeah. because they're incompetent.
0: Yeah, yeah. W, w, the end of WCW is uh, a fascinating ride, and it's uh it's filled with a lot of pain. <laughs> I've
2: been yeah. going through. all right. So yes, yes, lots of pain. All right, uh, can we can we can we hear can we hear can we hear JD's Roman Reigns? Can we hear J, oh, JD's Roman Reigns in or out? Can we please hear it? Because you heard ours from uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Can we hear yours? Look, I, I think we kind of went off like we, you know, kind of I, I, No, no, no uh, I'm sitting back. 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 Look,
0: the most most common phrase around Roman Reigns uh, for people that won't vote for him is he has a career that's based on failure. He's the heaviest pushed guy in the biggest company that never could ever make it to the top in the degree that they wanted to. He was a failed successor to previous stars that had made the industry for him. And it wasn't until a global pandemic in which he came back to do what people were starved for. Which was some sort of difference star. And okay, so now we've gotten two years of him being quote unquote successful, and now he's just not there. So what am I voting for? I'm voting for a corporate conglomerate that's pushing a product in front of me rather than an actual like wrestling star. That's all that's 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 my Roman Reigns take. I I I, I have no case to give for the guy other than he's the top star in a top company that people push. And to me, that's big deal (laughs) in the sarcastic sense. Okay. Uh, can we get yourself for all this? I mean, I just think he's a Randy Orton and edge type guy. Okay. He's a good worker to most people, I guess some people, depending on who you ask, but this guy has been another guy of push top star and he never, ever lives up to the top reputation. He never lives up to an in-ring reputation that a lot of people have with him. Look, he won PWI with a third-rate title. Like, what does that even mean? I don't get it. Uh, and even when you go back and watch Seth Rollins, Tyler Black's old stuff, and, I, you know, I'll, I'll throw something really out there. Uh, I watched him in a match at WXw when he was Tyler Black and he was against I think it was uh I think it was Alex Shelley and Alex okay. Shelley was a like mid card Motor city machine gun barely right. uh, anybody at that point in time and Tyler Black was an indie darling right and Ooh. my one of my f- philosophies is, if you're a great worker and charismatic wrestler or any any of the above, then you will get over in front of a crowd, language barrier there or not, right? We just saw it recently with Especially like. Especially Ju- outside of America. Right. We just saw it Especially with Julia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we just saw it with Julia in Las Vegas in front of uh, a bunch of just what, 600 fans or some weird number. Hmm. And I'm watching that WXW match, and these fans just want to watch good wrestling. They're just out there to have a good time, get drunk, and Alex Shelley was the one that got over. Not Tyler Black. They were booing this man and calling him boring, and that was back in, like, 2008. (laughs) What has changed with this guy in the last, what, 14 years? (laughs) 15 years? Not much.
1: I'll say this. Seth Rollins is actually responsible for me for being in the worst pro wrestling match I've ever seen. Um... Which is Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt in the Hell in a Cell. Oh and my god.
0: I, god like
2: that's Bray conversion. Wyatt the Fiend. Bray oh, the Wyatt fiend. the Fiend. Excuse you me. have to specify. You have to specify. So people the, can the be fiend. like, oh, that crappy match. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah you fiend. have to
1: specify and the crap. <laughs> it was like a complete inversion of the profession, I felt like. And it was like could that have been anybody in there with the Fiend? Yes, it could have. But you know who was in there? He, he brought it upon Rich. himself. He he did the shit to himself. Seth Rich. Rollins. That was the culmination of him being the world champion that year, a business collapsing on his watch, him having an adversarial relationship with the fans of the baby face. And then it culminated and in with that no, trash. Him, him with where no he stupid had stupid lines
2: about him with those stupid lines about Moxley and AEW taking food off his table as opposed to yep. no fool is gonna get you a, a pay raise, dummy
1: and then right. the stupid lines he would say about uh, Sasha Banks when she talks talk about my—that's what she doesn't get main events and and stuff like that. There was just a lot of Got stuff like that. that are. I think he's one of the most unlikable, despisable pro wrestlers ever, and this is before I it's get into dork. personal stories. This, that this I've sounds heard a lot. About this him. sounds a
0: lot like uh, like the Curt Schilling effect. Why he's not in the uh, baseball? Oh, whole he's an ad. yes. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know if he's a. I don't know if he's Look. basically a,
2: a, a. You know, a, a dog whistling bigot or not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Look, I'm no, not. I'm not I'm saying. I'm as, not uh, saying with, in that with,
0: sense. When you get when you when you say things that get on the wrong side of reporters, fans. The, pe- the the people gotcha. that listen to you, and you say the wrong gotcha. thing, and you develop that kind of, I, I guess, personality reputation. Uh, it's mm-hmm. I- I've seen it thrown around as the Kurt Schilling Rogers. effect. Aaron, yeah. Rogers Aaron Rodgers is, is, more, is, is sort more. of getting there. Aaron right Rodgers is a yeah, lot yeah. more apt.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Yeah, 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 I'm immunized.
0: Just yeah. Curt Schilling. I'm when, whenever I hear so- someone of like, okay, you you have a potential Hall of Fame career, and then you say something's fucking stupid. And then that's that's like a prime reason why you're not in it. Well, then it's the I've heard it called the Curt Schilling effect.
1: <laughs> like like
0: this guy's okay, an gotcha, asshole, gotcha, gotcha. but he's
1: an, I don't think he's a bigot or anything. But right, right, right. right. Like, I'm willing right. to call it
0: the Aaron <laughs> Rodgers <Yeah>. effect now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So, so, but, so yeah. Ronald, uh, is hope, re- he's he's the great WWE hope. That's that's always been the thing with him. Like, except, that, that's what except he's. Was,
2: except he's never been the best worker in the promotion ever at any point. I was going
1: to say his entire career, has overlapped with, with these two names, Brian Danielson and AJ Styles. <laughs> and they're better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> look, Stop. Look, you got, you got, De- so you got Brian, you got Styles. Then you got Gargano. Then you got Guther. He was never the best wrestler in the promotion. Ugh. Yeah, this is um. So anyway, so anyway, reputation as the great. He's day one. He's day one. Yeah. that's yeah. what they love. But, uh- I, I want to point out, moving back to the, to the fiend thing. You talk about like the inverse of it being the inverse of pro wrestling. Rich, do you remember the part where the fiend brought out the, 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 the carnival mallet and used it on oh, Seth? And then oh Seth grabbed, God. went and grabbed a sledgehammer and then he got de- D then he, he got a, the match thrown out for using the smaller hammer than the one was used on him inside of Hell in a Cell. And match that has not been stopped when someone fell through the cage, through the floor before. A match where, uh, the year before, they literally had uh, Jeff Hardy fall off the, uh, from, the, from the roof of the cage to the floor. They brought the EMTs. Randy Orton said, it's hell in a cell. This match ain't over. I need to pin this fucking guy. And they pinned him for the end of the match. The very next year, they brought... <laughs> I'm sorry. Two years later, they, or the year later, they bring out fucking... <laughs> the end of the match off of a, a, a slash hammer shot.
1: Get I'm up. not voting for. A theme what are we song. doing? Ain't
2: no I contest in the Hell in a Cell match where no one died or actually got injured. it in, in legitimately, the comp I'm
1: not of oh, for a theme song. I'm not voting for them funny outfits either. Yeah. Like no.
0: The comp I always had in my head was it or is. Seth Rollins is just Dolph Ziggler if he got pushed to the main event and stayed there.
2: Oh my god, you're right. He's and he's taller. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, that, you're right. That, that's it in my mind. You're right. You're right. And it's weird because they were, you know, especially younger Seth, He like, he he was, he, he took the air a whole lot more than Ziggler ever did. It's like Ziggler was remarkably like not a, not a person that came off the top rope or anything like that, but like, you're, you're kind of right. You're kind of right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. Ziggler is a better promo to him too. Historically. Yeah. Rollins does not move me in a sense of like, if
1: Seth Rollins never comes around, could they, could they have subbed any of the, the great late two thousands indie wrestlers in and would had, would it have been better? Right. Well, like, like
2: makes you wonder. Well, I, I, well, there's also the part where like, there's two careers. There's him before he tears the ACL and then him like trying to figure out how to do this. without like post that. Cause he doesn't want to do any of the flipping stuff and like how he suffered so much trying to find, figure it out. And it took him some years, but then he finally about hit his stride around 2018. To, he figured out how to be a person, go out here and get on base, if you will. Like, he can consistently hit the, like, the three and three quarters to four and a quarter thing. But, like, the days where you're like, yo, this dude is out here, you know, he still does the frog clutch, but like, do the flip dive over the top. Um, you know, I, don't know. Him, I feel like when I watch Seth Rollins, he is else. gone. He's gone. Like, his fastball is gone. Like, he's a person that's like, he's a person he's like, he's like, imagine Randy Johnson all of a sudden, like, yeah, well, he wasn't as, he wasn't as outstanding as Randy Johnson. That's not, a, that's not a good example. Let me, let me no. change that. Imagine if somebody is like, they're, you know, they have four quality pitches, their top, their, their two seam hits 95, and all of a sudden, like, you look at them, uh, six years later, and they're like, damn, the 95 is basically like a 92. It tops out at 92. Sometimes when he's in late innings, it, it gets to like a 90 flat, and you're like, Sounds like uh... Madison Bumgarner. He might yeah, win a World Series, like, right? Like he was, like he wasn't. He was never like from a worldwide perspective, like elite. But he was damn good for a real long time. And then, like he had like Tommy John, and then like he figured out how to pitch again after that. And like I appreciate the part where he figured out how to pitch and be successful and, and, and stay in his league. But yeah, yeah. But like he, he's there is no, you know, there is no like, uh, there is no Mariano Mariano Cutter level pitch he has
0: anymore. No, I I mean, to to me, to me, like the Cody stuff was very successful. The Cody stuff was very successful. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that was that was Cody as far as I'm concerned. But I I don't disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree to me when it comes to just the in ring aspect of one Tyler Black. He pre and post ACL. It's it's literally just he doesn't have a Phoenix splash anymore. But when was the last time he even did that beforehand anyways? So what's the difference?
2: He doesn't do flip dives at all anymore either. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we got to have this. Uh, this will be the last uh, last one that's obviously Trish Stratus. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Look, if June Byers and we're talking about Becky Lynch and they're the ones that like broke boundaries right. on an entire right. gender for wrestling, uh, right. then Trish Stratus is just a no case to me. Absolutely. Uh, not.
2: Trish came along at the wrong era for anyone to ever
0: get in. Right. So CM Punk. CM Punk. This is the big morality UCM, one. Let's get it. This this is the uh, the second one. <laughs> first uh, one, first one had me sweating. <laughs> Mister KKK. <laughs> now now
2: now there's now we're definitely at the Aaron. He's Aaron Rodgers himself, so out the conversation level person
0: now. We're definitely here, boy. Yeah, boy. and and look, I voted for CM Punk last year. I put my like personal grievances against the guy aside. I go look, what this guy did for AEW and coming back, he proved uh over a long term, not just a one-time pop at the United Center, that he could sustain a star power level uh in a different company, which is also very important when you look at the grander scheme of the Observer Awards, the Observer Hall of Fame, doing it in multiple companies is a grand example of how you get the fuck into this thing, right? Because you've you've you know if you win a, a World Series or a NHL Stanley Cup or an NBA title on two different teams, something's going right, okay? Well, what's taken my vote away from CM Punk this year is I think he has done serious damage to a company. And to me, that's a lot, that's that's big ramifications. And I've heard a lot of, let's just say I've heard a lot of similar uh, non-voters for Big Daddy that really sounds a lot like what CM Punk has done to a company. When you start putting together decline in business, TV ratings, really suffering, uh, possible TV deals on the table that now has required a complete change in a company philosophy, Uh, a lot of this coincides with what CM Punk has done to AEW. Now, do I think that he he has caused a complete sports entertainment change in the company? I don't. However... I think that there's certainly some validity to the fact that when he was not there and him being gone has caused them to pivot from to a different philosophy. And that's just what, what they so happen to choose CM Punk has caused multiple stars to be out. He caused an entire new brand uh, to be segregated that possibly does more damage to television ratings and a company's future. Uh, and he has multiple stars being and potential stars from rising to a next level, and that has caused another philosophy change within the company. I think this man, uh, at this point in time, I'm going to have to see where AEW goes from here to see if they can even recover to the same uh, extent and level that they were even before CM Punk got got into the company. Uh, I think the damage is too much for me to look at him uh, subjectively, objectively, uh, the same as I did last year. I can't do it. He Aaron Rodgers himself um, out of th- this for me. <laughs> I I think that's
2: fair. I think that's fair. I also, but I also think that some of this stuff comes with caveats. Whether fracturing the roster was always and going to five hours when you had three was always going to hurt the product or hurt the hurt the promotion as far as. There's only one thing you need to follow, or there's only one show you need to follow. If you want to follow Rampage that's Supplemental, kind of that's cool. They can give you a recap of what the hell happened on Rampage. Now, it's you know most of the show isn't even happening on Dynamite, or most of what's happening week to week on AEW Television isn't even happening on Dynamite anymore. They don't even have time to recap it. Um, I think their houses. A lot of that. As came down to, they marked up the prices, and you see some of these ticket prices of late. As they brought it back down to earth, it's starting to see more similar to what it used to be in the past. So, like, there's some of that. The, the Saturday television ratings, whatever else, those are always going to be bad, those, especially during college football season. Those will always be bad. Those, I wonder? I wonder where they'll rebound to once we get past the first, uh, the last November of, uh, sorry, last Saturday of November. But um,
0: well, yeah. what's interesting in that aspect with CM Punk and without, is we haven't really seen much of a change with or without him. So that doesn't help his case either. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pointing
2: out, like, the ratings looking like crap, or whatever else, are going down. No, that or was expected. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, and, uh, and yeah. So, like, we'll see where it goes after that. If they drop or whatever else, like, I don't think either one's a feather. None of this is a feather in his cap for his for for, no. his, uh, for this, or whatever else, because like, you know, it, regardless of how true it is or not, like he taught himself into fracturing that roster.
0: He did. And yeah. I, I, I uh, like, uh, for
2: like, not, not like, not like in reality for perception wise for the WWE or the never AEW fans slash the people that are CM Punk fans to align to be like, this is our show. We are colliders. The elite and their goofy wrestling that you know that has drawn hundreds of thousands of pay per view buys or whatever else they can be just be on Wednesdays and we're the better show even though they do better ratings every fucking week because we're we have our heads up our asses like yeah I, I'm not I'm not like the damage is perception wise and it's worse because you are a wrestling promotion you are a promotion like so yeah I'm with you on that
0: yeah. And well this just like, popped into uh, my mind this can be a little side tangent um yeah, going go back ahead. to the the Becky Lynch thing earlier is mm-hmm. here's another example of why women's wrestling has such a hard time here we have a second promotion largest in the world yep, here we go here we and go. it is next to impossible for these women good match bad match booking wise or not to really get showcased on the second biggest company in the world New Japan. The third biggest company in the world has a IWGP women's division title, and they're mm-hmm. only featured on these tiny shows in in America, right, based on the back of, I've heard many different reasonings behind it. The point is, they're not on New Japan proper shows, and they're not given mm-hmm. a whole lot of time to, or or assets there. Yep. There's the NOAA comment that just came out, where it's like, hey, are you going to start a women's division? And they're just like, "Ah." Eh, probably not yeah whatever we can't we yeah. can't be bothered with that they're women after all so there's still all of these aspects there <laughs> and AEW could have been this company to really make a difference in that aspect of wrestling and it really looked like they might have been on the on the course to it and we never got that chance uh right. CM Punk even segregated the women's roster on that small yep. level should yep. we bust that open we, we, we've we never
2: we it's kind of been an open or how to say it? it's been a secret that we've never really like talked about it like explicitly on the show we've hinted towards it but yeah. I mean I don't know it, Punk's not there anymore are we yeah. holding to this um, still are we holding to this I, still or no you know I don't know I, if we're betraying any anybody's anybody's yeah. you
0: know yeah it's I up don't, to you I mean okay, we can so, we can skip over and just kind of move on we could also do that okay. so,
1: I'll say it like this the people you saw on Collision. Excuse me. People you did not see on Collision were there. Were not there for a reason.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah. Enough said.
2: So, and we talked about and we talked about it early as far as like some of these strange bad of the fandom of colliders or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Think about some of the people. Some of the people that are in the, that collider fandom verse or whatever else, and think oh, of yeah. some of their opinions on some of the women's wrestlers, and you'll you'll get it.
0: All right. So CM Punk he's Aaron Rodgers his way out of uh, my vote this year. Uh and I even like even my personal things aside, I think he has actually done damage to this company, and I can't look past that this year.
1: Yeah. I, I, I similarly yeah. to you like flipped from last year. Like I was like, all right, they had brawl out and everything, the whole press conference. I still was voting for him last year. Yeah, same. I and did then- vote for him. And then, like, this year, like, with Collision, like, blowing up, his propensity to just melt everything around him down, on-screen, off-screen, like, when it comes to, like, everything with Hangman Page. Then he ended up with a whole other situation with Jack Perry that led to his exile. And he's been... He's left both major American companies now. Almost like, you know... Is persona non grata, either way you look at him, like whether he was sympathetic when you left, when he left WWE to you. And now if you're like, yeah, like whether you're sympathetic to him leaving WWE and, you know, a lot of that stuff kept his name alive for years and years and years. And he was able to come back. And then you, you almost kind of look at it like, yo, you wasted, this second chance not only that you had but like it was like yo you get had a chance to prove all of them wrong about you and all you ended up doing was kind of proving a lot of them right which is unfortunate for him and is it is it um you know and and that that's thinking about you start adding up all the behavior stuff. And then it not really being worth it because like the, the ratings weren't, you know, gangbusters when he came back, the, just the, the, the promo stuff like, and taking all these shots with people that obviously didn't want to work with them and just the amount of collateral damage on the return. I think that sunk him for me this year. Like, I, like, and then when you start talking about positive historical significance, this is the farthest thing from that. I feel like this is just right. like, this is not like, at least like this year, I think he, ha- he has to be penalized. Like and not saying, you know, for the future or whatever, you know, we can review him again and all that, but it's like the wounds are too fresh. I think it's too close to, uh, and it's interesting because, you know, whenever the, the vote comes out, and you see the Young Bucks on there, you see CM Punk. There's a bunch of stuff coming on Twitter is gonna be oh, absolutely man. nasty this year. And it's gonna be You think the Bucks are a shoehorn like, you know, to get
0: in? You think to get in.
1: I, I I would think so.
0: Yes. I'd be, I'd yes. be, I'd be kind of shocked yes. if they weren't personally. And that, that I, I'd be shocked if I they, if they weren't. I will be highly entertained. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Like and this and this also goes back to the to the Moxie thing. why I think he why he's why he should be in already. It's like this is the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. The Wrestling Observer uh Year to Year has their own awards. The Young Bucks have have won so many of the best tag team awards that you have to put them that it makes no sense for voters. If you are a, a voter of this newsletter and you have also voted them to be the best tag team, or whatever else, it bo- it will boggle times. the mind. It be it will be cognitive dissonance for them not to be first battle hall of famers. Yeah. So for me, when it's like Moxley <laughs> has been to, has won, you know, the, the amount of people that have ever won it, as twice, him mean, to win it two times in three years, and he doesn't get in like he's some maybe thing. It's like. Uh, from your perspective i get because you're one individual voter i'm talking for the entire block of voters it makes no sense for you to have voted for this dude to be the bet to be flair winner two times in three years and then all of a sudden like you look at the president of the people that end and be like uh no nah, no nah, nah, he's not he's not in uh he's not a hall of famer yet it's like it's like the oh, is jj watt going to get in while winning defensive player of the year three times in four years it's a lock now he could
0: die right. it yeah. don't matter <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, it's it's but it's what it's Punk uh, is like What's interesting to me is when I talk to other voters and I and I kind of ask them what your kind of mindset is because everyone has a different mindset in how they look at the Observer Hall of Fame. Uh, mm-hmm. There, there's non-voters who look at it as just a silly thing. Why you waste your time? Why do you take it so seriously? Then mm-hmm. the voters, when I ask uh, a couple people, particularly the historians related to women's wrestling, and I go, well, "What, what, what do you look at this as?" and he goes, "Well, this is." really the only Hall of Fame out there. So it's not just about the observer. It's about uh the mindset. You, you the for, mindset please. is the grander scheme of wide world of wrestling. It's not just about the observer. It's about everything else. So there's almost a sense of yeah. responsibility to go the extra mile. And not everyone feels that way. There are some voters out there that just look back on nostalgia or what they grew up with in the seventies and eighties and just go, this guy was popular. Of course he should be in. No problem. And You're Mm -hmm. you're free to vote that way. No one had no. You are given a ballot. You can vote however way you want. You're given a ballot for a reason. And if your reason is enough of. I don't know. We were talking about Goldberg a lot. He was the biggest star in wrestling for however long a time. Is that good enough for you? Go for it. That's what you have a vote Mm -hmm. for. Everyone thinks about this differently. And I find that the most fascinating is how we look at the Observer Awards this way
1: yeah I, and i don't think every like can i mentioned this on uh one nation radio like i think every like we have the criteria right and then there's three major things and i feel like i like to individually apply each wrestler to the criteria like i'm not valuing everybody the same and is that like, I feel like that's kind of like the dirty secret. No mm-hmm. one wants to admit would everyone wants to admit we're evaluating every wrestler, exactly the same, but they all have individual different careers. So I don't know how you can do that. Like, I think you need to, um, like, for example, like, you know, I I don't have to like worry about with Roman Reigns. Like I don't have to say, yeah, Roman Reigns tried to ruin a company or anything. I don't have that for him. But what I do have for Roman Reigns is like other stuff is like the decade of failure that like, I don't have that with CM Punk. So it's like, you I don't think you can evaluate them the same, but like ultimately they both like would land no for me right now, just because I don't feel like they have been so overwhelmingly successful that you have to throw the negatives away. And, um, I, th- I think in Punk's case, it's like, you know, and James, you, like, you, you got up for a like I said. The thing about with Punk, I think he had the opportunity to prove so many people wrong in AEW. And instead, he ended up proving a lot of people right about him.
2: I think the funny thing is, is AEW run proves, proves whatever side you're already on right or wrong, either way, depending on how you feel about it. like. His television was so strong the, f- the first year or whatever, or yeah, from basically summer to summer from 2021 to 22 was so strong. And then like this and then like brawl out and then his exit, you know, just recently is also like, ah, that's the shit we was telling y'all about, about he's him and he's been, he's an asshole and he's a mark for himself. Um, like, so I think, honestly, like, it just added more ammunition to both sides. Anyway, if, he, if he's polarizing for you in one way or the other anyway, which is always interesting because it's like, all you had to sit, do was sit down and do your simple-ass wrestling fool.
0: That's it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so real quickly, uh, just, I'll just mention Me- Mexico here. Um, that's for a, uh, completely different cast, but I'm voting for, uh, two people. Uh, Darrell Dixon, uh, Sangre Chicana. And then I voted last year was uh, Los Hermanos uh, Dinamita. I am not voting for them this year. Uh, I've I'm again this is a case of I've done more research, I'm more knowledgeable, and now I'm like second guessing myself of uh, what I thought I used to know and was that enough? And honestly, what happened was I was given a max of three. For some reason, I came to the conclusion I'm only going to vote for two. Can't exactly tell you why, but. I ended up kind of switching out my vote of Dinamita for Darrell Dixon, uh, and his historical historical significance uh, in an era which was just kind of missed uh, throughout history, which uh, has been a, a saying going around a lot of voters when it comes to the Mexico region. Sangre Chicana, I voted last year. Um, for those that don't know, Chicana has a lot of like match of the year candidates uh, in Mexico. He's got uh, a host of mask for hair matches. Probably the one I would recommend to go seek out is probably is the one you could like watch, and that's the uh, I'll pronounce it like uh, the whitest man of alive MS1. <laughs> that's the hair match you can find that from 1983. Uh, he is also the um, uh, I believe he's the father of of current like CMLL and AAA women's wrestlers Uvia and uh, Hydra. I I'm pretty sure I have that right. So just that family has significance as well but Sangre Chicana is definitely someone to to seek out uh I've been I've been watching so much just lucha libre over the last I would say 3 years and the amount I've just learned it's it's a very fascinating culture of wrestling uh and it's much easier to find than say central european wrestling that you just can't find
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean you mentioned uh like uh the the significance of of his bloodline and like it it, Lahedra like, is uh is significant to me and I was, I was, no, she there. There. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well um being the being uh the women's historian that I I claim to be um yes there are still gaps in my knowledge and uh Mex- Mexican women's wrestling in particular has been a huge gap of one of the fill for a while and Look, CMLL's women's division is is coming across as very interesting right now. It's ta- it's it's looking like it's starting to take off. Women's wrestling in Mexico was fucking banned for generations uh, in the capital. Uh, it's it's been extremely difficult to even look. The best AAA women's matches over the last <laughs> number of years involve men getting involved. Like so, there's still the mindset with women's wrestling in Mexico, re- regardless of the, of. Of uh, you know, it's 2023, right? the The year doesn't matter. The, the The difference is still there. And when I would say the catalyst for me looking more into this, because this is going to be a passion of mine for through the next at least foreseeable future, is uh, looking at the CMLL women's division a lot more closely and the history of EMLL and uh, people like a uh, Laja Chita looking at, uh, Juvia and, and these women's wrestlers. So keep, keep an eye out for that. That's a, uh, that's a little podcast plug uh, going on there, but, uh, other people in the region are Angel Blanco and Dr. Wagner, uh, pirata Morgan, uh, blue Panther, who Brian Danielson is probably going to wrestle here <laughs> pretty soon. Well, not you pretty blue soon. Panther <laughs> maybe, 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 you know, yeah.
2: yeah, I was I was gonna save this for our show, but like we gotta have a discussion. Like, who is the more broke up superstar? Like, Brian Danielson or Anthony Davis? Because Jesus Christ, you know, because Anthony Davis is not getting. You know, both champions. One person get because of his championships gets gets the benefit of the doubt. Meanwhile, the other one, anytime he has a bad game, it's is always noise. He come back in next game, get thirty and fifteen. No one says a goddamn word. But whatever. Whatever. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to. Whatever. This you is know, look, you know what's This coming. is a one nation radio. You, 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 ra- you know coming this on is a, This is a one nation radio conversation that I did. I just had to get off because everyone talks about you know every time he falls, you know it's it, what they call it. Four, was it four to six days or whatever else? And it's like, <laughs> well, look at Danielson. That man. Had, that man went out there to wrestle that one time. and was wrestling pretty well. Got like four matches off with the, with the shit with the rod in his hand, and he breaks his fucking face. And he's going for the rest of the year. Great. Look up. Sorry. Uh, sorry he, for the yeah. Sorry for digressing. Sorry. When I found that that was legit, I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" He's hurt again. Uh,
1: I I I thought it was him doing he, his his goofy shit.
2: Same. Same. Yeah. Same. And it's like you know you know we don't talk about. We we're just having a time when he took a whole he took a, like to multiple years off because of his health. And he don't take no whole years off. Only Dang and in Jordan lot to out, take whole years off. That's it. Anyway,
0: let's go back to this. Sorry. Hio yeah. uh, Del Santo and Octagon. I was an hey, octagon hey, hey, I was an Octagon voter.
1: I guess we gotta send Kenny Omega to collision now oh, on boy. Saturdays.
0: <laughs> like it's you bad. get a couple months with it now. Look, man, they got they got a ticket out of me. I I was at the ho- fucking Mohegan Sun last night, and I was I had a good that. time. I had a good time. Uh, look, free parking, casino, and wrestling. Look at that. Whew. I was like, how far to Mohegan Sun an hour I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> uh LaParca triple and Hurricane Ramirez. Uh the originator of the Hurricane Rana. Is that enough to be a wrestling observer hall yes. of? <laughs> That's like, no, being a great oh, no I don't think so. Making up a move? I don't know. No, you can't be doing that. The fourth most popular TV guy? I don't know. <laughs> like all, of a
2: sudden, like all of a sudden, you're going to put side tequila in, in the Observer Hall of Fame next thing you know? No, you can't be doing that, man. Can't be doing that. Mizuki's in for the Whirling Candy. Come on. Come on. Too,
0: wow, no, they, 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 they can't beat stars, I'll tell you that. Whirling Candy ain't no win, no title. She'd lose that thing. <laughs> Uh, wrestling in japan here we go uh look beauty pair knocked off ishii i'll tell you that right now <laughs> max of uh max of three in this category as well i'm voting beauty pair that's my number one shingo takagi and shima and outside looking in for the second straight year is ishii too bad man
2: so so my question for you for having shingo above ishii is it because is it obviously the Dragon Ball career is something I'm unaware of? Uh is it because like is it because honestly like he actually got to the top of New Japan and then Ishii never ever had I remember came close? Is it is it as simple as that?
0: Uh th- there's something to that for sure. Uh when it comes to even even Shima, I'll put it in the same same regard. Because I, I, I regard Shima as one of an all time wrestler as well. So mm-hmm. when I When we go over the categories, you got drawing power, you got in ring, and then you got historical significance, positive manner. Okay, Mm -hmm. we're supposed to look at these three things as either like all together or one individually. You're not supposed to weigh them over another. And I've really taken that to heart uh, since the day I got the ballot. I I I never look at say because you'll you'll listen to a lot of uh, historians when they talk about this thing that drawing power is one and number one, right? You will you will mm-hmm. hear nothing else out of them. That is that that is why to them it's like Paul Orndorff is is the wh- why the fuck is he not in? He's like the biggest drawing candidate left on the left on the ballot, right? Mm-hmm. And I agree. But then if you think guys like Shingo, Shima, Ishii are a top one hundred wrestler of all time, well then yep. wouldn't that like if you're a top yep. one hundred draw, they would be in without question. So what is the difference yep. then? So Mm -hmm. when it comes to the Japan region, and this is the third straight year I have to consider this, is when it came to Naito, Ibushi, Shima, Shingo, all these guys, Ishii, Mm -hmm. what now I have to think of things because I have a limited number of votes, six, five, in this case, three, I have to come up with reasons to cut people off. Right, just I have to. I, he have to yeah. I have to go the extra step with these guys. What separates them? What what gives a guy right. an edge over another? Naito with the Russell Kingdoms and being the most popular guy in the country for years. Right. Uh, uh, Shingo and Shima both building a company on their backs, being a national brand, drawing six hundred to oh, 1,000 know, 1, pieces. Yeah. Uh, well, no, yeah. they are a national. Pro- Dragon Gate is a national promotion outside Tokyo. And
2: yeah, but they're kind of boxed out by like the media and press because they're not Tokyo,
0: right? So I you know, you have to look. You have to look at the company differently and evaluate it differently. And are they doing yeah. what they're meant to do in, I don't know, Okinawa on an island? Are they are they doing good numbers out there compared to everyone else or right. indie? Pro- yes, right. they are. Okay, who did that? Well, it was Shingo. It was it was Shima building the building the brand. And look, Dragon Gate had their best best financial years and drawing years on the back of Shingo. They survived as a company for decades because of Shima. Ishii, when he was on the Indies. Yeah, he okay, he eventually like got to main events, but he was never the guy. Uh in New Japan, mm-hmm. he was never the guy. He he was right. he was always the open weight title. He was always the guy at Cork and Hall. Are these things to be negatives? No. But right. He wasn't the he like what's separating everyone else from this list to Ishii? And I regard them all as kind of equals in uh, in an in-ring sense. So, does Ishii have big historical significance? If you want to argue that Ishii was part of the the best in-ring era of New Japan ever, well, there's still a bunch of other guys above him over the last number of years from that era. You had Tanahashi, Okada, Naito, Ibushi, Omega, throw AJ Styles in there if you so please, the list goes on. Ishii is always kind of going at the bottom because everyone else has some tangible that he doesn't have. That's not a fault of his, it's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And I hold Shingo and Shima kind of at that same level, but they have tangibles he just simply doesn't have. And then uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to the beauty pair, look, I wrote an article with Alex again, uh, we're Joshi, I guess Joshi Bros on that sense, where uh, we wrote this article, it's very long uh, about the beauty pair on Voices of Wrestling. It was that long, I read it. Well, it, it took a long to write because I had to find the articles, had to translate oh, yeah, 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 things. You had to find oh, yeah. all this stuff from the freaking 70s. Oh my yeah. God. Uh, perusing, uh, look, perusing articles in Hawaii, like, dear God. <laughs> but yeah. look, the beauty pair, cultural significance alone, I'd yep. vote them in. Yep. And yep. they were draws. Uh, Longevity factor clearly is not there, but longevity factor for a lot of these women couldn't be there because they had to right. retire. So that has yep. to be taken into account in, in my mind. So th- to me, that's non-grata. You can't. You, uh, to me, you can't even like consider that because it's not up to them. It's up to the industry forcing the hand. As horrible as that sounds, right? So the uh, the other people in the region. Or just real quick, uh, let's see. Kojima and Tenzan as a tag team. Uh, Yoshiaki Fujiwara, Hayabusa, Inoki Sakaguchi tag team, Mako Satomura, and then Manami Toyota, Toshio Yamada. There you go. I wrote an can article last year about um, Satomura, about why I think I was, she shouldn't be in. Uh, there you go. I, I was, I was going to say, can, can, can we hear the the Satomura, um Here we go. Go uh, ahead. Go Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So I wrote an article last year. This was not with Alex. Uh, this was of my own accord because uh, he is a pro Satomura one. I wanted one essentially. Just, As am like, I because I I watched a her
2: matches from guy in the early and thousand. They're like unreal.
0: Yeah, a lot, a lot of there's a lot of um, women's wrestling fans that swear by Satamora. Now I laid out the gauntlet over why a lot of it I think is grossly overrated. I think the evidence is incredibly against her when you start even looking at the context of the era she's in and what she did. A co- the most common thing you hear is Mako Satamora helps like have Joshi survive during the Ar- Dark Ages. And I'm sorry. Pull it down. No, no one no one no one could have saved that sinking ship. But she had like no part in even trying to save it. Once Gaia closed down, she was gone. Yeah, I get you. I get what you're saying.
2: That's their argument. That's their argument. Right. That's 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 a very common
0: argument made that Satomura was. And and then she's a great trainer and all this. And it's like, okay, they're all great. Even Kyoko Inoue is a great trainer to an extent. Karo Ito has a training record to her. All of these women's wrestlers that we're talking about here have good training resumes. Okay. But right. So does Shima, and
1: it's like, where were they gonna get new wrestlers from? They all had to train somebody, <laughs>
0: right? Right. right. <laughs> so when when I lay out when I laid out, okay, Mako Sardom was in Gaia. She was never the heaviest push act. It was always the right. generation before her, and even mm-hmm. to her contemporary Ayako Hamada, Miss uh, Miss, uh, I think Methhead herself. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Well, she hey, you have to do. I that. didn't do no meth. <laughs> You ain't have to mention that part, though.
2: Hey, she's the one that ousted herself what? from the country. <laughs> she she got busted for meth in was 2018? Yeah. Possession. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in 2018. But oh, so yeah. she was oh. banned out of the country. Because, you know, Hamada is... Grand, you know, Ayaka Hamada is Grand Hamada's daughter. Right. So, like, he... So, she had, like, the dual citizenship type of thing where, like, between Mexico and Japan. Yeah. So, like... So basically, like when she got kicked out of Japan for however many time, like she's been Mes- she's been Mexico ever since then, kind of. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. But uh, Ayako Hamada was the one that won Tokyo Sports Women's Wrestler of the Year in Gaia, even though she was an Arsene wrestler. What year was that? Oh, so this is, this is early two thousands. Yeah, like two thousand one or something, right? I think it was o two o three, something like that. O two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So even in the company that Satomura was supposedly heavily pushed in. Which she was to an extent. Mm-hmm. Hamada won the yeah. awards over her. Hamada was yep. the, Hamada was the bigger star. If you want to go yep. competition wise, you had Neo kind of floating around. Yoshiko Tamura was the bigger star. And these are all like mm-hmm. comparable time frames of of wrestlers of her class, her era. Mm-hmm. The, I'm not t- I'm not even mm-hmm. comparing her to the Manami Toyotas of the or the Aja Khan's right. of the generation right. Right. prior. This right. is all her generation. Right. So then yep. all that's left with is okay. What did she do post Gaia? throughout to the modern era through 2018 is when Satomura kind of broke into the WWE fan base, the me on everything. So now we're looking at an in-between period. I'm going mm-hmm. through all of this era between, uh, when Sendai was created to when mm-hmm. Sendai unfortunately had the earthquake, uh, uh, heavily affect their dojo to Satomura popping up on the occasional, house show or event in which they wanted to pot- potentially draw or pop a number relative to the scene at the time. And you'd be astounded over how much Satomura does not wrestle, is not factored into any of these houses, never has a title or title match for that matter. It's, it's incredibly rare. You can count them on your hand mm-hmm. on one hand. Yeah. And the more important figure of the time was actually a stardom wrestler named Yuzuki Aikawa. An idol outside mm-hmm. the industry that became a wrestler ended up being a bigger star than the mm-hmm. entire scene. So Satomura was... And just she's done sick. nothing
1: in WWE.
0: And this All is right. a great example because this is what she was like in the early uh, uh, 2010s and the late 2000s. This w- This is her move. She, she is a, I, I, I make the joke that Mako Satomura, you might see a blue unicorn on a on a on a full moon on a Sunday more than you say Mako Satomura wrestle she had about <laughs> two good years in her from 2018 to just before the pandemic uh where she put over chihiro Hashimoto and that was it she had some good matches in stardom uh that really saved that company in a lot of ways you can kind of point to her on that especially post especially post the Yoshika act stuff yeah yeah And then the the, the, even though
2: even though it kind of does what happen with Kyrie as a you know like oh make champion oh you've championed five months get the fuck out of here here's your little white belt yeah yeah
0: right right yeah so I just don't see a case for Mako Satomura when I look at every aspect of her career and there's either she's not there or there's someone there's someone or a group of people in many cases better than her.
2: Uh, do you mean better than her than like a better a bigger star? Or do you mean actually just better in the ring?
0: I mean, I'd argue she wasn't the best in the ring during her era. I could throw out a list of p- names, but you know who that's—that's that's just my opinion at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then we're just talking okay. about an in-ring aspect of the game, right? 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 Like for me, my
2: argument—I don't have—I don't have, I don't have an argument because I don't know. Like all—all all I know is like nobody basically like post like 1997 it, it, as a Japanese wrestler, it has like, has the, has the ability to get in. Right. Um, so like, I just, I just leave it at that. But like, I, what I've seen of it and I've seen of her in her prime, it absolutely blows me away. Like, and I, you know, like maybe it's because like, I don't, you know, sorry, Akira Hokuto fans. I'm sorry. Like I look at Manami Toyota and I watch her AJW prime matches. I look at Aja Kong's prime, all sorry, um, her prime matches, and I see that, like, for me, when I watch them, their stuff it is similar to like when I watch like Kabashi or Misawa stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, I, and then you talk about like Kawada is like Kawada does not resonate with me to that level. Neither does Hokuto stuff. But then I watched the Hokuto Mako match, and that's easily my favorite uh, Hokuto match. And, Hokuto athletically is cooked compared to her prime in that by that time. Oh, for sure. Like, and it's like Mako's getting this out of her just by like just be, basically being a like younger in her ass being slapped getting the, the, the piss slapped out of her. I'm just like this is screaming out of this out of out of this out of the screen to me while I'm watching during the pandemic and I'm depressed and, and like it and like it like so but anyway, and then there's the Asha Kong match from that era and all that kind of stuff like I just thought that she was just Given what the wrestling that I, that was happening in North America at the time, and I'm watching it, and I'm just like, you know, there's Eddie, there, there's there's Angle coming coming into and all that kind of stuff. I'm their best matches from that era are not better than these makeup matches. No, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm I, 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 like I, I just that's just what I'm watching is coming off to me like, and I'm just like, wow, she's 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 actually she's incredibly she's absolutely special. Now you mentioned the, the Ayako Hamada stuff, and like I've watched enough of the RCN stuff to know like she's great. I don't think she was as good as Mako, but whatever, she was still great. So like, for, so when you tell me that like, yeah, Hamada raised up higher, I'm like, well, yeah, she had Rossi in her corner. <laughs> Every, well then, and, well Rossi then, that is, that brings Rossi up again. Yeah. Rossi is always going to get you that Tokyo Doshi <laughs> 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 Sports Grand Free woman <laughs>
0: prize. But what's, what, but what shocks people is when he you when you, you I'm telling you what shocks people is when when you tell them it was she didn't win that award in Arsian. She won that when she went to Gaia. So Ogawa mm-hmm. had nothing to do with that at the time. Mm-hmm. The Booker yeah, was yeah. Nagayo, yeah. and who was Nagayo's protege? And right. she still didn't win.
2: Right, 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 right. Why the running woman off the farm? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Look, yeah. Why the, one wh- while her and one of the people on the farm? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, um, I don't, ha- there is no case outside of, like you say, the top 100 thing. But obviously, when I watch I'm like, I'm never going to forget her as a worker. Does that mean she's a Hall of Famer? Not necessarily, but like, that was a bad motherfucker in her song. It absolutely was. So like, I, so I can be talked in one way or the other when it comes to it. Cause like, for me, it's like, I, there's very few wrestlers I've ever seen Ben in her, in her prime. So like, so I, I don't really have a way to say it Cause like, oh, I've only seen, but so much. And I'm not going to go back through that whole era like that. I'm only going to watch the top of the top.
0: In that era yeah. that I get,
2: and I get, I get references to for yeah, like, ad, ad, admittedly. You know, sorry, admittedly
0: yeah. Admittedly. It's certainly uh, one of the bigger blind spots I have. Because for a long time it's just very hard to find footage and information of that era. Uh, there's a number. There's a number of people I can probably point to that uh, I think is uh, are certainly better than uh, Mako of that era. But uh, it's still a short list. Now, if I ha- I've had it, I have had the conversation, it goes, okay, well, JD, you. Look and treat women's wrestling differently because it's different and because of how it's been treated over time. Do you think Mako Satomura is a top one hundred women's wrestler of all time? I go, Well, yeah, I'm. I'm not disputing yeah. that. They go. Okay. All right. Do you think then that's enough to get into a Hall of Fame? And that's what really gets me. That gets me thinking. It's like, okay, then why am mm-hmm. I being so critical on this? And as you're a snob. <laughs> Well, then that's it goes, why I keep yeah. trying
2: to tell you, JD, yeah. you will smile, man.
0: Oh, maybe, maybe I have this like arbitrary line in my head where it's like, no, I have to like cut off this line somewhere. And maybe the line, maybe the line in my head is Mako Satamora, Kyoko people Inoue, like? Emi Sakura. It's like those three people. It's like, if you're not, if you're not in my mind better than those three, that's my Mendoza line, right? If you don't meet Ugh. those three, then you're not a Hall of Famer. And then it's then it's a much easier case because Emi Sakura has what, what, was third,
2: what was the what was the third one besides Sakura in in uh, in, in, in O A? What was the third one?
0: It was Mako, Mako, okay, Emi, okay. and Kyoko.
1: Okay, I think I got to say something on behalf of um, Tomohiro Ishii. Um, <laughs> we we talked about the Young Bucks earlier and how many um, great matches they had combined we- with how many times they've won. You know, tags him of a year and stuff like that. Now, there's not an yep. official G1 MVP award. Like, that's not written down anywhere, right? hmm But from 2013 on, I bet if we were counting, we're talking about best tournament in the best era of wrestling, like, of, mm-hmm. of in-ring wrestling, right? Between, mm-hmm. like, modern New Japan and all the way from, you know, then to this day, right? Yeah, yeah. This guy has been the signature wrestler of that event from then till now. While you've mentioned Tanahashi, yeah. Okada, Omega, Bushi, Naito, like we're, people
2: that we actually about, won the
1: tournament. Yeah, people people that won the tournament <laughs> yeah. and, and got to the finals. I don't even think this guy's ever got to a final. We're of talking about not. match quality. Like yeah yeah, guy just, probably like, has the, a losing
0: record. Most just, of them, just, oh,
1: yes. I don't know. I don't even. I don't even think he has a five
2: hundred record. Uh he, won, in the, uh, he won one. I don't know about this year, but like, or, no, he won the energy. I forgot, but like last year, last year two thousand twenty two. Like he only won <laughs> one match.
0: God, yeah. I think like,
2: and for me, I think and for me, I think I probably would have had him like second or third in in you know for average match rating. It's
1: I think it's backbreaking the amount of like great matches yeah. this guy is responsible for in the best tournament amongst the toughest competition year after year, like if we pulled up like his match category, it's filthy, disgusting. And a lot of these things are 12 minute matches, 10 minute matches, 14 minute matches. Like these aren't, he doesn't even have to do it in main events, right? <laughs> like he's not getting none of them, so he's not, you know, he's not going to get no main events or anything. But he has more main events than some people think. I think um, it was Joe Lanza That's that might have said he's he's main evented like forty different shows or whatever over over, over his right, years. He's the Momo and, um, Watanabe
0: of New Japan. I got you. Oh, did I break you guys?
2: <laughs> that is sick. That is sick. do you, see, do you, do you, do you not hear the vegeta? and the smugness
0: and it's kind of it is. drip off about the microphone. You <laughs> just not get it. The so condescension. he look, I'm, one, I, I'm a Tomo, huge Tomo, Momo Watanabe look, fan. I Tomo got spreadsheets Watanabe that this woman's been the best women's wrestler of the last five years. Okay? Look, I know. Tomo,
1: has pushed levels above tomohiro ishii <laughs> there, is, there,
2: there is no there is no momo, there is no tomohiro ishii run with the white belt uh that, that momo had there is that is, true. It yeah, is absolutely like, true
1: that man has had to take a the never belt and define it himself and then <laughs> um you know the g1 work and everything else like I just think this guy is like like when you close your eyes like like when 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 the when the asteroid is coming and then we got a couple more conversations we, we um gonna have and say Rich you remember Tomohiro Ishii I will uh, uh, my face will just light up just just in glee talking about. The the way this man laid out matches, the way he utilized one counts, the way he physically told the stories like with his forearms and his chest and his body size and like looking at him basically being the cheat code for any wrestler. Like, you gotta go wrestle Tome, you If you can't have a great match with Tomohiro Ishii, you, you can't stink. wrestle. I'm sorry. You, you suck. Like, you, you should be thrown from the business. Like, and he's just like, he ishi proofs everything to, to the simplest form of combat what can you do with your with your hands and your arms and then like your just head the, in the drama of like how he how he would lay out matches coming to america instantly getting over getting that's over what i was gonna United get to kingdom like him transcending his push like basically and you have fire pro right Like, (laughs) no, this is going to be kind of a weird example. (laughs) But yeah, I'm a big fire pro player, fire promoter. Sometimes your promotion catches on in other parts of the world and you can't explain why. If the the Japanese equivalent, I've I've made this example before of Rich James and now JD. You you now have a Japanese equivalent, uh, or over on their podcast, uh, you know, over there talking about it, and they might be bringing up Tomohiro Ishii. Well, it's just you know, Mick Carter that that was that was there had a lot of good match, but then not thinking yeah. about him like that. We do, goddamn right, it, like yeah. over here because yeah. he got over yeah. over here, like, and that, that is a guy that got over
0: in the UK. That is a guy just like Minoru yep. Suzuki, right? These guys cool. yep. have gotten yep. over way uh, larger Shibata than two. Yeah, Shibata 2. Shibata 2 is another yep. example, yeah. I,
1: I can tell you, like Sonata, I'm not gonna be having waxing nostalgic about Sonata, right? Uh, I saw Sonata but, come yeah. out in, yeah. in yeah. Toronto, MVP he didn't get no currently. reaction.
2: That
1: is true. Like, what Tomohiro so, Ishii showed up to Dynamite and he got reactions. Like, right. you, bar- you hear the bark, <laughs> bark every single time.
2: <laughs> every single time. Jericho, Adam Cole didn't matter, and that's one thing I wanted to mention. Like uh, J.D. Had mentioned, when we were talking about uh, the kep- or the, the Tyler Black in Germany thing for WXW. Sure. Or, I'm, or I'm presuming was 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 Germany because it's yes. WXW. Yeah. He mentioned like, like we talked. I, I said to you like, you know, if you like, if you're good, you're more likely to not get over into your match if you're not in America, and it's just a, a pro wrestling show outside America. Like the part where. Ishii comes in cold, basically, every single time there's a door or some random dynamite or whatever else, and people, you know, they react or they don't or whatever else, and the match starts, and by the end of the match, about halfway through the match, everybody is going nuts over his match. It's like, this is more proof to for me when I was like, dude, this is one of the best words I've ever seen. I can't explain it. It's not like he's doing something that other wrestlers can't do. Yes, he wrestled with a style danger that, like, I don't suggest everyone does. But his matches get over every fucking time, and I think he's the greatest mid card in ring performer I've ever seen. Like, this is more proof to it. And I was, and I'm, and I, I feel like, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, I think, I what, we're saying, I think what we're he saying here is he, he, he needs nuts. to
0: go in the rest of the world category so we can get some votes his way. <laughs> huh. Why not? Why not? Whatever. And now he end up getting the. Why not?
1: And, and he's done like shockingly well, like through yeah, you know a lot true. of these votes. And, and you know, I'm looking at it this year. I'm like, why not Ishii? You know, this this
2: could be the year. Well, they I'll tell you. I'll tell you know, what. He'll stay. He'll stay, up
0: on- he'll stay on the ballot uh, because there's yeah. yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a definitely. lot of.
2: He's definitely more than ten percent.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of Japanese voters uh, for the category out there that will not vote beauty pair because they're women. And they'll just put them down a different level. They'll look at longevity as this huge knock against them, which I firmly am against. And they'll use that vote on someone like Ishii each and every time. So I'm not worried about Ishii not making the vote this year. Uh, So who comes who
2: goes on to the Japanese uh, region next year, though?
0: Oh, I haven't looked into that because
2: presumably, presumably, you're going to think like Shima and and Shingo are going to have a good chance to cl- get off the get put off the ballot.
0: Well, let me put it this way: it if you see like if you see Ozaki or Kandori on the uh, the ballot next year, you're welcome. <laughs> Your face.
1: <laughs> I think if you, look, you you start looking at like, you, you, like you, know, you know like, you like I've,
2: look, I've only seen one. Oh, I'll take it back. I've, there's only been two Ozaki matches I've seen where I didn't hate. So you know, whatever. <laughs> Not my cup of tea, you know. I, 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 I the police. In her prime, in her prime, I, you know, I've only seen a couple of her matches in her prime, and I like one of them. You know, the stuff she does now, she's washed now, so it's not necessarily fair. But like, she gets more heat, more shitty go away heat in her matches in this era than like than I've seen anywhere else. And like, I'm almost like. Amazed at the level hey, of like of how much more shitty these are than some of the like the, the, the terrible things that ran me off from Triple H's oh, reign of terror so like yeah <laughs> so yeah like I don't have much you know I don't have a, a hive of, of viewing of, of Mayumi Miyazaki. I don't yeah I'll put and it I'll part put it part this whole way part though where, like she's over while doing all this heat stuff in her promotion because like yeah. there are marks for her back in the day is, like I don't it's a mind fuck. I don't get it. And, and while saying that I still went to the I still went to the Oz in the year show. And when I was in Japan, like I I, I, I was like I'm You're going to see it, going I'm not even gonna like it. I don't like it in live. Like live
0: because because live it's I'm a much different figure. experience. Yeah, every person that's gone to an Oz show says the same thing. I generally don't like Oz, but then when I went to the show, it was a blast. It, it's, right. it's it's when you look at what. I, I have been doing an, a tremendous amount of research, especially on Candori. Look, I'm the only LLPW podcast out there. No one else researched that company like me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kandori is an interesting case. Ozaki is an interesting case. Whether I think they're a Hall of Famer or not, when it's all said and done, uh, I, I think it's worth a look. And I hope a lot of people do more research than just kind of the modern day washness of both wrestlers. Right.
2: Do you think either of them have a better case than, than, than Mako does?
0: Well Mayumi's a better draw probably, presumably, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And so is Kandori. Yeah, yeah. Uh both have legendary matches to their also career. Older. They have a much older career, much more uh uh star power, stained, and stain power to the to the two of them. Um it's I think it's worth looking into a lot more. Uh I need to do more research uh at this point for both of them, uh to make a comparison to Mako, at least in terms of like a standing. But uh, I think they have a case above Mako. So if you're voting okay. Mako, I, I think they're worth considering, at least in terms of like our women's wrestling historical votes. My look, my
2: my experience with, with with Ozaki is just so bad. Like I can't even like honestly like with Ken with, with um with Shinobu Kandori is like I don't seen maybe a couple matches. That, like she's a, she was a badass in her prime. You ever watch that I, Bull Nakano chain
0: not, match? Just,
2: yeah. She's a badass. She's undeniably a badass. But I don't, but there's not much for me to there's not much for me to there. I was ever like, I'm gonna go back and watch more of this. Like I was compelled to watch like more Aja Kong and more Manami Toyota. Yeah. Just wasn't.
0: It, it's or Mako, or, or even Mako. Yeah. It's it's more it's more or less of me trying to get more people knowledge of something other than AJW.
2: I'll say this though. I thought she I thought she was better than I thought she was better than like Jagusa or or Devil. Oh. Okay, that might just be me at the lunch on that one, but I I, I like kind of like what I saw more from from her than those two.
0: Yeah, get get on to that. Uh, okay, does anybody look uh, Toshi Yamada, uh, Minami Toyota, um, Toyota's in without question. Observer Hall of right. Fame, you know. So then, yep. to me, that leaves the case of what 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 does Yamada come into come into play? And yes, their I, I... their tag matches are phenomenal together. Their their yep. singles matches against each other are in their own ways, legendary of the time. Mm -hmm. Especially the hair match. Especially the hair match. That really stands out. Even their Grand Prix match that followed. There's a few others that come to mind uh, where they do face off against each other after that. I think only... No, I've only seen the one. I think there's another later. But anyways, the problem I have with voting this team lies on Yamada and what she wasn't able to do post that hair match. And Mm -hmm. she just never really broke out into anything other than kind of an upper mid carter Mm -hmm. uh, with or without the tag team. And considering this is the tag team, then even with what I do with the Hardy boys or the Briscoes and think of it individually, Yamada just doesn't have enough there to make a case with me. Uh, And, what did mm-hmm. she do prior to the team? What she is so heavily tied to what she did with Minami Toyota that just isn't yeah. enough there for me to even even consider a case.
2: Yeah, and then and then when you mentioned like the uh, the positive or the influence the influence factor is like. The, the aesthetic of the the pretty girl in like the androgynous t- slash tomboy figure whatever it was is like well, she's a, a copy pair. of a copy of a copy <laughs> like that's best beauty pair to to crush gals to then them right then you know they can go to they can go to like you know um Akino and in in Hamada and RCN and then you can go even to like Aphrodite right now in stardom like right. that's been there and they did not create that they were just like the next one for that generation yeah. if you will
0: so if you're it, it, if you're a Yamada uh, Toyota voter, I, I'm like, and you're not voting for beauty pair. I don't, I don't know what to tell you that. That just seems very strange to me when you got,
2: maybe an argument is they're just so much better workers. Maybe.
0: I don't know for the, I, I from what I can find, of compared, Maki compared Ue- to their era, that's not necessarily fair, but right. you know. I mean, I don't know. Jackie Sato is regarded as one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time. Maki Ueda yeah. was great for her time. Mako Fum- Fumiyaki from the seventies was, was above her era. Uh, and I mean, at least in my opinion, the women worked better than the men back then, because the men's style was very slow. Grapple hit the mat, go to sleep like Keiji Muto. Right. While the women actually ran around the ring and had to be fit. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not regard Keiji Muto with, with a lot of uh, nostalgia or uh, enjoying his matches in any in any <laughs> era that, that that man existed. <laughs> but that's, that, that's kind of the point
1: there of
0: all kinds man so we got Hayabusa and Fujiwara they're kind of last guys on the list here to talk about uh any thoughts over these guys
1: Fujiwara absolutely not uh it, everyone can can take all that shoot style bullshit and um and jump off a, a cliff uh with that what shit is, that shit died still no
2: keep keyboard- why do you still keep up with this gimmick that you hate, that you hate Matt wrestling or grappling? Why do you still continue to persist <laughs> with this? I understand your agenda is RP, or is a RLPW ritualized pro wrestling, it which up. is based on like any of the good wrestling. It, it, it's not actually actual style. It's just whatever you like. That's go, any of the good wrestling, as you say, it is your wrestling, which is like, that's, that's such a cop out. But like, you know, you, you like, so you, I don't know if you heard this on the show or not, JD, but like, he was, a. Uh, he was like messaging me and a few other friends about like how he just couldn't. He's like, Oh, great. Dangle saying that Sabre's gonna lay around and roll around on the map forever. <laughs> then it's then the time, then then the time for the match. Then, then the match happens. He's like, Great match. Like Everyone else was like, Great match. Then it's like, Why do you talk like this about the style of wrestling? You know it's gonna be great. Why are you just gonna show up pre- preemptively? And then, and then uh, you know, switch up, just be funny. And he's doing it again here. He's like, Oh, get up and wrestle. Here you go.
0: Well in, in Fujiwara's you know, case, fighting. it's absolutely get up and wrestle. Let's let's get some let's get some movement around this mat. My God. Move oh, around. Um it uh who, if it was the Hall of Fame of of, of getting oh, dead promotions promotions out yeah. there, him and Nanai Takahashi have a case.
1: Damn. Um uh, Hayabusa, a guy that I think is cooler than maybe his um actual impact to suggests. Yeah. Like he carried FMW for a long time course like to, to our generation, he's legendary in the video games, like mm-hmm. under like a different name. He was Habanero, and I believe he was <laughs> uh forgot about that. I forgot what what the other one it was uh WCW Versus the World and then WCW NW World Tour he was in, you know, under a, a different name. And that's how you know we kind of we're like, who are these guys? Also Black Ninja, which was great Sasuke and yep. Taku Mitshinoku, all those guys like uh yep. I, I think that stuff like counts too um i i just don't i i Is think he he needed yeah yeah i don't think it's enough right right
2: unfortunately yeah. yes
0: yeah even like a drawing factor and influence like i don't know i don't have the numbers in front of me but i don't think like re- wrestlers vote a whole hell of a lot for him isn't he like out- outside the top 10 for voters among wrestlers, I, I can't remember the number. I don't, right I don't, that. I don't I remember the I don't remember it being all that great. So, what influence does he have? I we don't see a lot of copycat wrestlers, if that makes sense. Like we don't see a lot of his moves being copied year over year. Uh, the look it certainly isn't, co- you know. Maybe that one time Will Osprey came out <laughs> dressed as Taibusa so was cool. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, Is that because it was Ariake Arena. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I I abuse, and I don't have I don't have nostalgia for this guy either. I wasn't a, I wasn't a tape trader in the early two thousands. You know, when I was twelve years old, I didn't I didn't know anything about VHS tapes with other wrestling fans. I was busy pining and and being sad about the death of WCW and watching them die on TV in real time. <laughs> Not a lot of tape trading in Houston, at least when I was I was aware of.
1: Wasn't a Super j Cup, you know? Um... Yeah. A lot of injuries, you know, kind of obviously wrecked yeah. him.
0: Okay, so didn't get your three votes. So there's three votes in the Japan region. What the hell so are me, they? I, you got to you got to make a cut.
1: So, so I've got I've got three. I got Ishi, Shingo, and Shima. Um no
0: beauty pair. How dare you on this podcast? <laughs> so, <laughs> you can, li- you so can lie me, to you can so, lie to me.
2: <laughs> so for me, I, so for me, it would be my votes would be beauty pair Ishi and in Shingo. Um, I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with Shima to to really give an answer on that. I obviously, so, don't yeah. understand how influential he is on that, but like, I I have no frame of reference for that stuff.
0: Yeah, those are the and those like, are kind of know, the main four names uh, floating around that uh, I keep yeah. talking to. So it's just um, everyone keeps switching out Beauty Pair, Shima and Ishii. That's kind of the the floaters there. Okay, among a lot of people. Okay, uh, guys. Closing thoughts. I really enjoyed you guys being here. Uh, you got me sweating a couple times. <laughs> that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, man. Um, I I always find the uh, the Wrestling Observer uh, Hall of Fame time. Like every year it comes up, I always want to talk about it. I always want to, um, you know, kind of just explore more of my thoughts on wrestling and its history and the people in it. And, uh, it was very cool to get asked to be on here. Um, we, we pretty much talk about it when the ballot drops and then we'll usually go over who gets in, but, um, and you know, I've I've done the the big campaign for a couple of years for JYD. So um, you know, just gonna gonna keep like looking at different guys and evaluating them and and ladies too. Uh and you know, going forward, like I'd I'd love to, you know, keep do this again.
2: James? Yeah. Um yeah, really fun doing this. Um and me and you got have a discussion one of these days as far as like I do like handicap, do some handicap odds for like some of the stuff in Joshi, modern Joshi, like the, let's say like the last, you know, six, seven, eight years as far as like, Oh yeah. Cause obviously, you know, there's the, the whole, you know, right. there's just a whole thing that's where like the obstacle in the mountain is so high to clear to even get like, even on the ballot as a, as a Japanese woman, um, from like the last, you know, 20 years. And it's like, all right, now that we're on the, we're on like a higher level because of stardom. Um, compared to where we were, is like who's going to who's going to have the career to break through to get in? Um or get you know, get in by getting I mean like get on the on the on the ballot list or whatever else. And I just wanted to see like how the handicapping like you know from where we are right now, like what it looks like, you know, for like a Saya Kamatani or a Julia or a Starlight kid in the future or whatever else. Like I th- I think that'll be an interesting discussion because like it's it, it's been Julia so hard on. in the, who knows that neck who knows that's true you know like you know for me it's, you it's know, gonna it's I, I gonna be, be
0: extremely tough uh because rossio gala's booking is. in this current era is very much you're a star for this singular period of time and you and really have to nail it home it phase and
2: it will come back in two years
0: maybe <laughs> maybe yeah maybe
2: yeah maybe
0: You know, I'm on record saying I'm on record saying they haven't used utilized Mayu Itani to the fullest of her degree uh, because she would she would be the big name that I'd bring up at this point. At this point in time, it'd be it'd be her. Mm. And she's only only really had that one run. And it was during the pandemic. She needs to have, you know, a couple more to carry this company. It's this IWGP title is not it. And but that's not the booking philosophy of the company. So that's going to be something to really consider. And I you know, for, for people like us, that might be something we will consider and talk about, but in the wide range of voter schemes, I I just don't think that's gonna fly with them.
2: I think so. I think it's gonna to have to be I think we're gonna to have to look at people and be like, all right, what Utami did in 2021, what Shuri did in 2022, what Julie and Tam have done for the last year and a half. That's great. The only person we can realistically expect to get another run because of the age is presumably Utami. Right. And you, because he's gonna have the and he's gonna have the history with other people that are being that age where like they could run through this again and, and you know and have other robberies like her and Kamatani Aphrodite Aphrodite, you know, uh split. Like that's gonna be a big thing, and that's one of the things we're looking forward to at the end of this Grand Prix run. They went to because they both got injured. So it's like, all right. So then, like, we look at, you know, people that are even younger than that. And it's like, all right, we already know, like, regardless of her skill level, Momo's been kind of at, X off of that, you know, potential future thing, future track, regardless of least for
0: the the Yeah, at least for the time being. Remember, she's only, what, right, 22, right, right. 23 years old? What's, 23. Uh, what, what's what's our benefit? Or in a coffin. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't even mention that hard show. Uh, but uh, our benefit is we're living through this era while in the previous 25 years no one did no one knows that yeah right we have all the context to actually be able to inform write and talk about this era of joshi wrestling as being something historically significant important uh context of drawing we we have all this now which previous generations Mm -hmm. simply did not and that's our advantage that's their advantage and I look forward to like talking about this for a lo- long time to 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 come.
2: It's a lot more accessible, and you can like because you can be like, "All right, I had this particular match. Is it on YouTube?" Uh, flip a coin, maybe, maybe not. Now, when it's like when, when we are starting, it's like if it's going to be a significant match, it's going to end up on the recap show.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be on YouTube. It's gonna be on uh, these things. Look, I'm going through this Joshi 2010s journey. I have to I have to either physically get DVDs still from Japan or I have to go through various sketchy Google Drives or you know I it, it's it's been quite uh, quite an experience of just getting through and this was just 10 years ago.
2: <laughs> yep yep
0: yeah. All right uh, look, we've been here a while. I appreciate you guys taking three hours of your night to come on and talk about uh, this this dorky nerd Hall of Fame wrestling thing. Uh, love you guys love listening to your show one nation radio i recommend it to everybody thank you again appreciate it definitely thanks for having us on